Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Thank you for returning Lady Bolton safely. Now, come, bastard. You don't have the men, you don't have the horses, and you don't have Winterfell. Why lead those poor souls into slaughter? There's no need for a battle. Get off your horse. Kneel. I'm a man of mercy. You're right. There's no need for a battle. Thousands of men don't need to die. Only one of us. Let's end this the old way. You against me. Keeping the torch lit through the long night, it's Game of Microphones. With Lord Sterling, Sir Duncan, and Lady Rachel of House Fox. Well met, all you champions and loyal fighters, and welcome to Game of Microphones. I'm Lord Sterling, Sir Duncan, Captain of Carnage. And I'm Lady Rachel of House Fox, Khaleesi of the Kitchen. <laughs> and today we're joined by Archmaester Stitches of the Luminescent Citadel on the Siren Isle. Whoop whoop! Welcome back to Game of Microphones, Archmaester Stitches. I'm just now fastening my blood ring for my chain. <laughs> oh, damn. Nice. For that maester chain, how much does the blood ring weigh? Oh, it feels about about as much of a human heart. <laughs> oh, goddamn. Good to know. Good to know. I'm just going to steer clear from you for a while, and uh, we should be good. We should be good. <laughs> Welcome back, What's man. up, guys? It's so glad to be... I'm really glad to be back. It's, uh, I always enjoy doing this. Great. Yeah, We're so glad to have, to have you, you back. For a great episode, me to watch too. Game of Thrones. Like. <laughs> oh, twist your rubber arm, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, you specifically requested to come on for this episode. Am I correct? Uh, yeah, I think I've watched it like four times in the last week. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I have to. It's for research. Yeah. <laughs> research <Jeez>. only. <laughs> Sorry, is, wife. Is this your favorite episode? Um, it. Uh, yes, but bec I have to, which I'll get into it later. I have to follow it up with a piece of the next episode to like make it complete. So out of like my five, my five, my five <laughs> rewatches, I have to watch the part where Davos and uh, uh, Melisandre and John oh, are are I'll all face off. Yeah, so if, if that Executor. piece would have just been at the very end of this episode instead of in the next one, probably I think it would be the most. It'd be the perfect episode of Game of Thrones for me. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I love his nice. acting there, man. Who's? It's just Davos. Oh, is, Davos yeah. when he's confronting Malisandra. 
It's one of the only times I think this show is like generally like each time it like chokes me up. Like I Ugh. can't not like I'm not going to cry. This ain't going to choke me up. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I cry a lot in this show. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it's pretty brutal. <laughs> so this is episode 101. Dalmatians. Yeah, <laughs> um, nice. On this episode of our series rewatch, we're covering the penultimate episode of season six. Battle of the Bastards. Bastards! Yeah. And in case you're not already aware, this is a series rewatch, and it's from the perspective of <laughs> someone who is current on the show. That means you've seen all the way through season seven. And if not, there's still time to be buried beneath a mound of squirming, dying men until all light disappears from your sight and air is forced from your lungs by the weight of the hulking mass of bodies above you, so you don't have to hear these spoilers. Metal! <laughs> so metal. Warning. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> oh my goodness. My goodness. This is a great episode. Did oh, anyone else sweet. forget about the first scene? Like Danny and her dragons. I totally <laughs> forgot this was yeah. this episode. I was like, holy fuck, best episode ever. Yeah. Like, right? We oh, have two God. major scenes in this. I think it's the first time we've had two major events. Yeah, in one episode. I think in it one is. episode. <laughs> That's nuts, man. No, I, I showed it to my son. Uh, he has like, you know, because of his age, I don't let him see a whole lot of yeah. this show. But he's been obviously, especially when I did that series rewatch earlier in the, or towards the end of last year. Yeah. Um, we'd be like, all right, time to go to your room and go play Grand Theft Auto. That's a lot more, uh, <laughs> it's, it's not as violent as when, and suggestive as what we're about to watch. It's not real people versus real people. So somehow it makes it better. <laughs> but one episode I did watch with them was this one because I mean it's it's you know it it's not like gonna bring up a bunch of questions I don't want to talk about right now like right right you know, sex scenes old lady taking her necklace off and hanging her old boobs out or something crazy or like incest yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> so I watched this one with them uh, when we got ready during our rewatch I was like okay he can watch this one with us. And so I was the same way as you, Rachel. As soon as we sit down, I was like, now this is, it's kind of like uh, a few of their other episodes. There's one called The Battle of Blackwater. It all takes place in one spot. Yeah. And it opens yeah, up, and I'm like, never mind. I don't fucking remember this. I, I was like, wait, we're in Marine? Like, should yeah. we be, like, at least at Winterfell or, or the camp or something? So. I know, right? It's so overshadowed by the monumental uh, Battle of the Bastards. Yeah. Which is so crazy that... The Battle of the Bastards, that goes to show how amazing the last 30 minutes of this episode is because yeah. the first 10 are fucking epic. So epic. And I totally forgot about it. Yeah, they're great. And I still managed to not work any of that into my top three. Oh, yeah. That's my not number three, actually. Not on purpose, though. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I found, so how I approached my top three is I kind of saw like, this theme of advisors and alliances. Oh, cool. So what I did is because I know we're going to go into major detail about these two amazing battle scenes. So oh, yeah. I chose to look at the scenes in between. Awesome. And, and pick up on, you know, themes and conversations that 
propel the story forward because I know we're going to spend so much time and clearly these two scenes are probably some of my favorite in the whole series. So oh, yeah, I just kind of put that out of my mind and focused on in the in-betweens. Cool. You want to start off with your number three? Yeah, go for it. Sure. Um, my number three is actually the opener. Not not the battle, but hit the conversation with Danny and Tyrion. Oh, cool. Cool. As Tyrion, as Danny's advisor. So we we start right back up where we left off. Danny is in the tower. She's staring down Tyrion. And, and Tyrion's wigging. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like, um, I think the city's on the rise. Maybe we should take shelter. <laughs> yeah, he's like, despite it, what it may look like, you know, things are were going pretty well. <laughs> and it is kind of unfortunate here for Tyrion because things were going well. She left Marine with it in complete civil war yeah. and chaos. And she came back to the masters coming to, you know, blast Marine. But she missed like the peanut butter and jelly between the bread. Yeah, totally. Which is um, Tyrion really working his political skills to assist her and get at least a little bit further along in the process of adjustment. And it's just really unfortunate of timing because if she would have gotten there like two days before or the day before even, or she like would two have hours seen, before. <laughs> yeah, she would have seen like like what Tyrion says here is you know the markets have returned the people are behind you we have yeah. red priests running everywhere talking about like how you're yep. it and it's just really unfortunate for him but i think danny in her development and her growth and her story arc at this point i think she realizes that she left him with a nearly impossible task yeah i would agree this is a foreign westerosi in Marine, she flies off on a fucking dragon while <laughs> leaving her posse like in a fighting pit. And somehow, you know, I don't think she would have expected to come back to Marine all hunky dory. Yeah. So I think there's a part of her that doesn't really blame him for what's happening. Mm -hmm. And it's funny too, because we had talked about it last week when they arrived, but. When Danny was at Vice Dothrak, the calls had been negotiating with the slaver cities, what, 10,000 horses to, to trade for Danny. Yeah. So yep. the cities knew that Danny was gone and they must have seen that as an opportunity to hit Marine. So they launched their whole fleet. <laughs> and the masters going there to make this treaty with Tyrion, they, they knew that she still wasn't there because Potentially, yeah. she was not in that meeting right 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 yeah yeah the, the when they agreed for seven years to get rid of slavery yep seven years yeah pretty crazy yeah so uh, Tyrion um makes a good point here because he he goes on to say you know the people are behind you and he's like well actually not all the people of course no ruler has ever had the support of all the people ain't that the truth <laughs> yeah that's true you know but the masters can't let marine succeed because if marine succeeds then they're whole purpose is null and void essentially right. yeah and so additionally to the fact that danny was gone and it gave them an opportunity to strike Tyrion is saying that the the recent successes of marine the markets coming back you know prosperity exactly taking hold. they can't have that happening yeah. 
Cause yeah, cause the, the, the free, you know, freedom is the results are too good. <laughs> like Tyrion right. said last week, um, what is it? Hop on the free, the wave of freedom or be drowned by it. Right. Yep. Yep. And here yeah. they are drowning. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> At least that one boat worth. So Danny's like, this is her, her moment where she's realizing, you know, Tyrion has put a lot of effort and thought in, into this. And she obviously hasn't been debriefed on what Tyrion has accomplished, mm -hmm. but clearly Tyrion cares and is trying. And I think leaving him with the situation she left him with, that's really all she could have ever expected of him. Yeah. And he actually did a really good job, really for, good job. for a time being. So which she doesn't know yet. He's always showing up at cities when they're in like these dire times and needing to right? like know, King's like, Landing. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. So funny. So she goes, good. Shall we begin? Yeah. He's like, good. Like you're like, he was so taken aback by that. Like, like I'm not going to get beheaded yeah. or set ablaze. <laughs> like, okay. It was so funny. Right at the beginning of this scene, he was terrified. He was doubly terrified. One, he was scared of all like the, you know, the, the explosions. The, yeah. The things being launched from the catapults, like slamming into the pyramid and like, like shaking it. And then two, he's scared of Danny's reaction to the chaos. Like it was so funny, man. Exactly. He thought she was going to like throw him in a cell or something. Fucking flip. And then he goes, do we have a plan? Like that was my plan. No, shall we begin? I, like, I bargained with, I begin. Yeah, begin We're already what? in it, girl. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I love Danny here because this is her Targaryen coming out. Oh, they're coming out hard. They breathe fire with their words. Yeah. I will crucify the masters. I will set their fleets of fire, kill every last one of their soldiers and return their cities to the dirt. Ugh. That is my plan. Mm. And Tyrion is like, Ugh. and it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so intense. He's like, um, I don't know about that. <laughs> and she seems kind of irritated here. She's like, you don't like, approve. What? Yeah. And he brings up the Mad King. You know, like you told yeah. me you knew who he was. That's a valid point. And I love a little bit more of a history lesson here yeah. because we get a little bit of it with Barristan. But this is the first time, if I'm not mistaken, in the show that the the watcher gets that the Lannister armies were at the gates when the Mad King got killed. We did learn that at the bathhouse scene, though, with Brienne. I didn't know that, like, when I first watched it, that oh, that really? had never occurred to me. Like, why? Like, I knew that Jamie put killed the Mad King, but I didn't know that the Lannisters were right outside King's Landing when that happened. Yeah, they were sacking the city. Yeah, so that was, when I was a first-time viewer, a revelation to me that, you know, Tywin and his army was right outside the gates, nice. which is why he was like wigging out. Yeah. Tywin arrived as a friend. So the Mad King opened the gates and then Tywin started ravaging and, and um, sacking the city with his army. So the Mad King was freaking out and was ready to just burn it all to the ground, basically thinking he was losing everything. And here's our hint, too, because so last episode, I think it was the even the last scene was... Kyburn telling Cersei that they found much, much more of yeah. what they've been looking for. And obviously that's the, the caches of wildfire. 
So I thought yeah. it was interesting Tyrion mentioning Ares's plan to blow everything up is like it's obviously it's foreshadowing next episode and drawing a direct comparison between Cersei and the Mad King, alluding to Targaryen lineage potentially. You know, mm. for sure. Yeah. Secret Targaryens. So, That's a good thought. Um, you know, we get that that story of him stashing it all, and he would have burned every one of his citizens, the loyal ones, the traitors. It didn't matter. Like. That's why Jamie killed him. That's why my brother killed your dad, essentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so nuts. She looks horrified. And she goes, that that was like a totally different situation. He goes, you're talking about burning cities to the ground. How is that different? Like, think about it. Yeah, I liked how uh, Tyrion was like, uh, like, uh, you know, blunt and true about that. He's like, it's not different. It's not, though. I mean, his point's valid. Oh, totally. One thing worth pointing out is in his little speech before that, talking about Ares's plan, he specifically mentions the Sept of Baelor as a place that has uh, wildfire underneath it. He's like the Red Keep, the Guild Halls, this under the Sept of Baelor, all the major thoroughfares. They basically like damn. set us up for it so much here. Foreshadowing. Yeah. She's lucky when she blew up the Sept of Baelor that she didn't start like a chain reaction. Yeah, seriously. Who knows? Yeah, that would have been nuts. That's true. Because if it's like, if it's in thoroughfares and like underground, like that big explosion could have sent flaming debris sent, to ignite other yeah, caches. Yeah, to like <laughs> other caches of wildfire. She could have blown up the entire fucking city yeah, without totally. really knowing it. Yeah, that would have been hilariously insane. There's some under the Red Keep too, which I was thinking because it's a foreshadow of the Sept of Baylor right. blowing up. <laughs> The Red Keep is also mentioned here. Yeah, that's true. Specifically, season eight, watch out. Yeah, yep. yeah. I don't know what the guild ha halls are. Maybe that's a book reference. But... Danny sits the throne, finally, like sits on the throne, and then Cersei like lights a match in the black cells or something, and boom! <laughs> <laughs> or like the dragons are going at it, and they, they trigger it to blow up. Oh, by accident? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, people so, have speculated about that. Danny like flying over the city and <laughs> Dracarys and boom. Well, we well it's not far fetched because we get Bran's vision of the dragon shadow flying over King's Landing, and then also in her vision at the House of the Undying, she walks through the throne room and it looks like it's been destroyed either by fire or ice, something. <laughs> yeah, fire or ice, one of the two. It's either ash or snow everywhere. Clearly, it's in the future, so yeah. my bet is that the Red Keep is going to go boom in season eight. That would be crazy. Boom. It's wild how when, when Tyrion's talking about the Mad King's plans, Danny looks horrified by this truth and uh, repulsed by the comparison between her and her father. And like and you can tell it's like really hitting her, like just how, how insane he was, and she doesn't want to be compared to him. So that that's a good tactic to divert her from extreme action, I would say. <laughs> well, he's yeah, the master tactician. Yeah. <laughs> the Targaryens are extreme by nature, but she's not insane. Right. So she, she can reel it in. And this is why Tyrion is so good for her. Yeah, she can be tempered by reason. Totally. Yeah, I like Tyrion's line too. He's like, I'd like to suggest an alternate approach. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. So then the room explodes. <laughs> Love that and part. And they're like, we need to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> 
Let's go talk to the masters. I loved this because, again, it shows Danny's growth as a ruler, as someone who is, you know, listening to her counselors and growing as an individual and Tyrion really stepping into the role as her advisor. Yeah. And doesn't she name him Hand next episode? Um, yes, she does. I think so. Yeah. Yes. He's her hand before they leave Marine and they leave Marine next episode. She leaves Marine next episode, you guys. I know, the Miranese knot <laughs> is finally untied. Finally. Pod figured it out. <laughs> Pod figured it out, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. So, Johnny, what's your number three? My number three takes us to another place, so I don't know oh, okay. if, uh, Duncan, didn't you say yours was in line with where we're at? Uh, yeah, actually, that's kind of true. If you want to continue with me, we can do that. Yeah, let's Why don't do we do that? Oh, right. My number three is Terms of Surrender. Yes. Ooh. I just thought this scene was so funny, man. They're like sitting on this little, they're all meet, gathered. It's Tyrion and Missandei and Grey Worm and Danny and some soldiers. And then these other masters from the slaver cities are there opposite with their men. And they're on this little plateau negotiating. And <laughs> Razdal, one of them is like, like, you should have listened. We offered you peace and <laughs> you could have left with a fleet of ships. But now you're going to walk on foot like a beggar back to Westeros. And Tyrion's like, we're here to discuss terms of surrender, <laughs> not trade insults. And they hilariously think that he's referring to Danny's surrender. And yeah, yeah, it's so funny. And she's kind of just standing there silent. She's like, like oh, no, 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 you're mistaken. <laughs> <laughs> well, at first she's, she's just quiet and so, sort of encourages the thought, you know, like, uh, so, so he go, continues on his rant about how Danny will leave and they'll sell the unsullied or, you know, all this type of type of stuff. And then uh, we'll take the dragons from the crypt under the pyramid and they'll be slaughtered. How sad. Yeah. And I'm like, Ooh, he mentions the dragons foreshadowing their imminent escape, reminding us that they're there, you know, for the casuals. And, uh, (laughs) and uh, Daenerys steps in at this point. She's like, um, yeah, there must have been a miscommunication, a little game of telephone or something like that. We're here to discuss your surrender, not ours. <laughs> and they kind of like <laughs> laugh at it, at it, right? Um, and I'm just like, damn, that was like, she's so gangster. And her eyes are like kind of squinting and she looks like super serious and badass. She looks all moment. badass. Yeah, wicked badass. And uh, Razdal is like, they're, they think it's a joke. They're like, it's going to be difficult for, to, for you to adjust to your new reality, you know, but get over it. Your reign is over. And she, and, and I'm like, dude, you just mentioned the dragons. Did you guys notice Drogon flying behind yeah, him? Yeah, right, yeah. right. <laughs> that was awesome. I missed it this time, but I remember it from before. It's like, like your reign is over and it's like, there's a dragon right behind you, dude. Off in the distance. Yeah, so good. <laughs> I don't think it's over, dude. Yeah, and I was like, in my head, I was, I'm like, dude, you just mentioned the dragons in under the dragon. Like, what do you think you're going to do? You think the dragons aren't going to do anything? You know? And Danny's <laughs> like, my reign has, has just begun. I'm like, yes, legendary. And then mm. Drogon. <laughs> Off in the I love distance. that sound. Yeah. And woof. Flies right up, right over all of them and lands on this structure over the top of them. And all the, the slavers duck and start shouting in fear. And Drogon standing up on that thing, looking down at everybody, and he roars. And drops down next to Danny, and his head like settles right next to her. 
and kind of like, uh, like curls over around her in like a protective way for a second before looking right back at the masters. And they're all just like, what the fuck? And uh. then he like moves his wing down a little bit. And Danny just climbs right up onto him and grabs on and they whoosh, launch off. I love how he runs over the slaves. Oh, yeah, just runs right through them. He just, like, bubbles them over. He's like, peace like out. Like bowling with Drogon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they he jumps. And starts flying down and soars and dips through the air. And this beautiful music is playing as they're as they're flying along and just soaring. And it always elicits, like, deep emotions. That's just really, really excellent music. It's like kind of a happy version of the dragon theme that we hear. Yes. Um, going from like a minor scale to a major scale. And like, uh, it's finally hearing that version of this song after so many seasons of like the, the, like the sad dragon song. <laughs> it's just such a huge moment. Definitely. Really crazy how it Definitely. affects you like that. You know, like Johnny, you're a music guy. Isn't it amazing how music can affect your emotions Oh yeah, I mean, it, it, just that that whole scene from just seeing him from the corner of the eye, like all the way back. Then her, like you said, like the transition of something that you've just been so down about. Then the music just brings out the visual of what you're seeing, so it's tickling all the senses at once. Awesome, awesome, so good. So as Drogon soars down and around the pyramid, we look down and Rhaegal and Viserion bust out of the catacombs yeah, in a a burst of fire. Um, And that made me think that there must be some kind, kind of mental connection, you know, as we spec, as we've speculated about between Danny and the dragons between themselves, maybe because those dragons knew that this was the right moment to like break their way out from, from their captivity. And they look up and, and see Drogon and Danny and they take flight and join them in their in their assault basically yeah. and i'm like guys i wanted to ask you on a scale from one to ten like how epic is this Honestly. oh man oh, 11 it's past, it's past the 10 <laughs> these guys are 11 <laughs> exactly how do you get that one i mean it's unreal the i i can't even imagine what the budget was for this just the scene alone <laughs> yeah. yeah oh my god and dude speaking about like budgets and craziness of scenes um that whole battle of the bastards took 25 days to shoot yes yes yeah yeah it's up there i, I think it was um uh, i can't remember again it's been a while since it came out but i think it was uh the highest or the longest running ever for a tv show to be shot oh, like man. just this one episode yeah, and, and there's going to be a battle in the new it's the new season coming up that's will be the longest battle in TV and cinema history on screen. Yeah. So this one was just awesome. over 30 or yeah. just under 30 minutes if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds about and right. I guess so does the battle at the wall count as like a stream a seamless battle? Um I guess it does. Yeah, I mean, I would... Like, it's the entire episode. Um, so this battle's going to be over an hour in season eight? So I think that doesn't count because it's interspersed with scenes outside of the battle, air, like, um, you know, like up at the top of the wall and stuff like that. Apparently what has the record is the battle at Helm's Deep from Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, which is a 40-minute long scene 
20 hours of footage that it was cut from, and it took 120 days to film. Oh, damn. I don't doubt that. (laughs) So now it cuts down to the entrance of Marine, where the champion came out of those huge gates, that huge door, those massive harpies, and that big wall. Oh, yeah. Right right here. Why would that dude not, once he saw the riders, like, just pull his mask off and, like, fall to the ground, like, oh, don't let them stab me. Right, dude. Uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, I would have uh, done that in two seconds. I would just threw that gold mask off and fell to the ground. Because yeah, there's no way they dead. can see you from that far away right off. Right, totally. It just looks like you've fallen in battle. You just hope you don't yeah. get trampled. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That's so great. Yeah, those those harpies are, like hurting the little innocent citizens and it's mostly women that they're killing oh it's yeah so that, fucked up. that one girl gets like punched kicked and then stabbed in the back mm-hmm. oh my god yeah. it's mostly women that they're killing that's fucked yeah and then all of a sudden they hear the foot the, the galloping in the distance and dario leads the dothraki around the corner <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I love the way that Dario's riding with his Arak pointed forwards and then he like lifts it up in the air and everybody's yelling and like war yeah. cries and everything like that. And Dario just lops off a guy's head. <laughs> so sick. Yeah, so then it cuts back to Danny and she's riding on Drogon in the thick of like the battle over the water. And there's just arrows flying everywhere and I'm like, God damn, like this is gangster as fuck. Yep. Like that is so metal and so Aegon. You know what I mean? Like this is like Aegon reincarnated right here. It's like yep. watching a history book come to life. Yeah. And like I, I gave me like George Washington vibes too, which we'll get more of with uh, with Jon Snow riding in front of the army and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. And yeah. And so I'm looking at Danny riding on Drogon and she's got no saddle. She's got no harness or safety chain like was customary for the old Targaryens. They'd have a chain attached to their saddle, attached to their to their like ankle, basically, so they wouldn't really fall off. Like fall off. Yeah. So she's bareback. Yeah, she's totally bareback. Like there's one famous battle over the God's Eye. Like I think it's during the, the Dance of the Dragons. Two guys are fighting on dragons and one guy unclips his, his safety chain and jumps from one dragon's back onto the other dragon's back and like drives his sword through the guy's head. <laughs> oh, wow. So That's epic. So epic. Yeah. So she's got no saddle, no armor, no nothing. And I'm like, I do not like that. This is way too dangerous for our dragon queen to be out in the over the water in this battle. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> Nothing bad happens. All three dragons form up around this one ship and they're just hovering with their wings flapping and Danny gives the command. Dracaris! Yeah, I knew you'd want to say it. Dracaris! <laughs> and then that sound and they just all three of them light up this one ship. And it's a really smart move because they just they show the whole fleet like we can just demolish you all take a learn a lesson from these guys that we're gonna burn right into the ground and just all you know stand down basically yep so it's like Tyrion's plan coming to life there yeah totally oh man and yeah this is yeah like this whole plan is so well orchestrated just this whole thing all the arrows stop firing the ships basically stop uh, trying to even attack the dragons and then we cut back up to the plateau and Grey Worm steps forward to speak to the enemy soldiers. 
And he's saying that you guys have a choice. It's so cool. Such a, an epic moment. He's like, you can fight and die for masters who would never fight and die for you. Or you can go home to your families. And this line here, fight and die for masters who would never fight and die for you. It's a direct foreshadow of what John says to Ramsey later in the episode yep. where he challenges yeah. him to single combat, yeah, I, right? I caught that too, yeah. Nice. I just realized that right now, looking yeah. at the quote, he's, he's like, well, why would... Why would your soldiers want to fight for you? And once they learn you wouldn't fight for them, you know. <laughs> and, right. Uh, that's the sentiment Grey Worm is expressing here, and it works. The soldiers drop their swords, bail on the masters, <laughs> and then it's just three masters and Danny's whole crew, and it is so funny. I thought it was awesome that Grey Worm got to do that. It was very symbolic. I felt for him to yes. stand up to the masters and free soldiers, yes, free totally. slave soldiers himself. Great point. Yeah, perfect. A little bit for of Grey a Worm. redemption there for him, and a proud moment of how far he's come. Really proud moment. Yeah. And then speaking about how far people have come, Tyrion gets to face off with Yezin again a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I like their banter. Yeah, it's pretty funny. So Tyrion's like. Oh, he's watching everything happen. Everybody's watching all this unfold. That ship is just like ripped in half by the flames and is just being like pummeled into the ocean. And and Tyrion's just like, hmm. oh, thank you for the armada. For the armada. Our <laughs> yeah. queen does love ships. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Laughing my ass off. And I love that she, like you said, Duncan, that she chooses just to do one ship yeah. because they're like we're going to take all these, like why burn them all? Like exactly. we can just take these from them and add to our, you know, main cause, which is to go West. Yeah. Do it. Just a quick display of power, force them to surrender. And then boom, that whole armada is ours, baby. Yep. So sick. So Tyrion's like, listen, we made a deal. You guys violated the terms of that. Even though Danny's pretty forgiving, this is not going to fly. This can't be forgiven. Uh, she insists that one of you need to die as punishment, Missande says. And then uh, <laughs> Tyrion always has to, like, he's such a, a thinker, you know, and abstract thought in general is what separates humans from, you know, many animals and things like that. Um, so he, he's, he says, it always seems a bit abstract, doesn't it? Other people dying. <laughs> Because <laughs> finally they're faced with death themselves and it's like hitting them that the masters as they start to argue about who should die and two of them turn on yet on the third Yezin and they're saying that Yezin should die that he's not, he's low born he doesn't speak for them and I guess that's exactly what Danny wanted was to like weed out the which one would be the the least mastery of, <laughs> of the masters yep. and let that right. one live <laughs> one that would submit. Yeah. So, so, uh, they push him forward and he's like, no, like, fuck, please. No. Um, and he's like begging for his life and he drops down on his knees and gray worm comes up and <laughs> uh, Johnny, you want to talk about this moment? Please. Oh, he just slices both of their throats. Just <laughs> This is perfect, man. Yeah. I like the way he holds his knife, too. Yeah, it's just so just nonchalant. Just flip. Yeah. He's super fast, too. And just walks off. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. And those guys drop around Yezin, and Yezin is just, like, astonished <gasps> oh, by this. Oh, fuck. Yeah, no dialogue at all. Just bam. Yeah. His eyes close, and he's kind of, like, 
almost praying to himself. You can kind of see his lips moving like he's saying a prayer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Grey Worm with the fake out. Oh, so sick. And then Tyrion, man, such a G. He walks up in like slow-mo and places his hand on Yezin's shoulder. <laughs> such a cool <laughs> shot when he there, does there. that. There, there. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, this is the guy, Yezin. Johnny, in case you don't remember, this is the guy who bought Tyrion and Jorah at that slave oh, auction. That's right. This is yeah. that same guy. So he he goes from purchasing this dwarf at an auction for like a gold piece or something. To kneeling to him. Yeah, to kneeling to him and like, you know, being totally bitch made by him, basically. Bitch made. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's so good. Tyrion, tell, it's, it sort of reminds me of um, something else. I can't remember what it is, but he's like, tell your people what happened here. Tell them you live by the grace of Daenerys Stormborn. And if anybody back home has any ideas about returning these slave cities to their former glory and ending the freedom that we're bringing to, to Slaver's Bay, remind them what happened when Daenerys Stormborn and her dragons came to Marine. Yeah. So serious. Mm, so badass. So good. And then he just walks off casually to yeah. <laughs> cue the uh, gangster glasses yep. for Tyrion yeah. here. The blunt and the shades and the thug life <laughs> hat and uh yeah, and da, he just da, da, walks da, da. off. <laughs> Think about the stuff you don't really see in that moment. That dude's kneeling there. Tyrion's talking to him. And you know that blood from his buddies is like soaking whatever the Oozing. hell he's kneeling. I mean, yeah, because it's not like a quick conversation. It's, I mean, he's he gives them a couple of lines of dialogue, and it's been a minute since Graveworm, uh, Graveworm, Grayworm walked away. So, I mean, I was yeah, thinking that uh, probably on the fourth watch, like, yeah, I bet you all that he's blood's like blood, like all over him down there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and yeah. uh. They all walk away and he's just left there like thinking to himself and it's just kind of a, just a cool cinematographic moment, like a nicely framed moment of him just sitting there in contemplation and like being thankful for his life and coming to terms with the situation. Yeah. It's just kind of cool. He's really he's happy like, to be alive. it's not even worth fighting anymore. <laughs> yeah. He like kind of closes his eyes and leans his head back and he's just like, oh, thank God. Like, it's so funny. And uh, that's wraps up my number three. That wraps up the marine stuff is there anything else you guys want to add about all that epic marine action well it uh, wraps, wraps up i guess the first part because we come back later oh but, right 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 yeah. yeah good point but yeah definitely uh the intro was just and i think it caught everybody off guard because it was i think all the promo stuff that you see for the battle of the bastards just all battle stuff it was all up north. All oh, yeah. of it was up yeah. north. And especially the name alone is going to mislead you. So that was totally. like a, a really cool surprise for all the fans. Yes. Yeah. Good point to bring up. I, couldn't, I, I about did that. not remember that this, I mean, I remembered the scene, obviously, like how can you forget this moment, but it, it never sticks to me that it's a battle. It's in Battle of the Bastards. I, I always know. think it's in something else. Well, it's really smart, though, considering the the massive event that opens up the next episode. That would have been a lot to cram into the finale. Oh yeah. Oh my God. That. So it it really did work out. I would have thought maybe they could have put this scene last episode. Mm. And broken it up a little bit. Yeah, I could have seen that. Because in a way, I feel like it does it disservice because Battle of the Bastards is just so epic. It's unfortunate that there's probably other viewers out there that forget, like when you turn off the TV, that Danny was getting an armada from the slavers and her dragons are 
just fucking shit up and it was amazing <laughs> that's true but on the other hand combining both of these epic things oh, in it makes one it the, episode one of the best episodes ever <laughs> makes it like absurdly epic especially since these two epic individuals are going to get together later <laughs> yeah oh that's a great point too seeing them each have like a massive victory in one episode sort of paralleling each other's stories and they were like bookends yep Danny was at the beginning and John's was at the end. Yeah. And then John John later has his Misa moment. Only right. Yeah. Yes, nice. I have that in my notes too. <laughs> yeah. Perfect parallel. Oh, he was probably like, I'll scream for my mother if, if I knew who she was. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my God. Dad never oh, told man. me. That's so funny. It's my aunt. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So let's uh, move on to Johnny. What's your number three, brother? All right, so my number three uh, is uh, a nice little saying. Uh, it is, besides the Miranda poo, there is now some Ramsey too. Oh, oh, <laughs> damn! Day two in Winterfell after the victory. <laughs> now, yeah, now people can step in Miranda or Ramsey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and I thought, I mean, really, what that leads to in my number three is the fact that you know what the stepmother and the baby went through, what that first girl on the hunt went through, and what Miranda yeah. herself went through so like all these these people that have met the the digestive track of these animals right. you know, n- now their master joins the fold so yeah that's so I, nuts man yeah uh. I mean I just thought that alone I originally as my number three I was like oh, I'll just put this in my notes I'm like no nah, this is just too epic I mean it's it, the scene alone I mean there's the the whole Sansa element to it, but I, I mean the sound effects. Oh my god! I don't even know how Jeez. they did it. It's just <laughs> like I'm, I'm. Each time I was listening to that, I was like, "Man, when when she walks away, and of course the actor does such. He does such a good job of just like, you know, going from screaming to just <laughs> like gargling, curling, yeah, gargling, uh. and uh, you know, by the time she's smiling, walking away from it, it it's just. The, the sounds are still going on behind her. They've been panned, but the, the dogs are still going to town, like, all the way up to the credit. Yeah, I mean, it's so crazy. Nuts. It's so nuts. And that when we first start seeing that dog and we get, like, its silhouette and, and the, just the yep. edge of it is like, gleaming in the light. And it's yeah. as it, like, approaches his face, its tongue is, like like... Like it's hard to even describe what its tongue is doing as it's <laughs> it's really fucking freaky, basically. <laughs> what I'm saying. I mean the sound effects are bad, but I really thought the first time I watched it, whenever the dog does bite him, I thought they were gonna like cut to her. Or I could not believe they actually yeah, kept you, showing it. Yeah, pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. So so me and uh me and my wife were having a debate on this. Uh, it's kind of uh, connects to this. So Sansa says, you said it yourself, they haven't eaten in seven days, but she rides off when that happens, or before he says that. I have this in my notes, too. It's, I was sitting there thinking, okay, so, I'm assuming when they got back, yeah, he said some more stuff, he said something he had fed his dogs, and then I challenged him, and he didn't do it, and she's like, oh, he hasn't fed his dogs. Ting! You know, I'm assuming that the idea obviously happens off camera, but uh, I just thought that, you know, I mean, every time I watch it, it, it's almost like, what? How do you know he didn't feed his dogs? You wrote off after your, you know, your witty comment. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, and then he says it right after she rides off. Yeah, I have that in my notes too, Johnny. That's funny. I I didn't realize she missed that. 
But, you know, there's never a, a timeline set to this stuff like you like because, uh, I mean, she ends up going up to John and going, where is he? And it's like you just watched him got he just got punched in the face like 25 times. Yeah, you were right there. But you don't realize, I mean, that was she's cleaned up now. OK, so this was a few hours ago. Yeah. The, the banners are unfolded. Right. So, yeah, it was interesting. A little time gap there. But yeah, that was that was my number three was just dog chow. Nice, yeah, man. Dog what a crazy chow. scene and uh, Ramsey's his screams, the the shot of his fingers like tensing up and straightening as they're being splattered with like huge amounts of blood. Yeah, um, it's a it's a rough God. episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then as Sansa, she sort of lingers and watches it going down for a minute, and then finally turns and walks off and starts to smile. And it's just like, woo, man. So I watched the behind the scenes HBO and they do talk about, um, I think it's Stevie Weiss. He says this is possibly his favorite shot of the whole series is the ghost of Sansa's smile as she walks away and they just show her smiling. There's no sound effects or anything. So I love that they call it the ghost of her smile. Yeah, that's interesting. Ah, that is cool. It's a dog references ghost and that's cool. Oh, yeah. It's nice. interesting how Ramsey is like so confident that they're not going to eat him at first, too. Yeah. I mean, he's had the shit knocked out of him. He's probably got like eight or nine different concussions going on at once. So, yeah. Who knows how many broken ribs? <laughs> he's probably just thinking of the years and years he's had these dogs, not thinking of, oh, crap. Oops. Yeah. They haven't eaten in a week. <laughs> shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's hardcore. All right. So what's, what's your number two, Lady Rachel? My number two is up in the north in the tent with team john snow trying to figure out their battle plan oh that's cool nice. that's and the reason i chose this is because my kind of theme that i figured out was the advisors and alliances and sansa is irritated in this scene because she wants to be one of john's advisors because she knows ramsey she knows right like his inner workings and his fuckery. Fuckery. So, <laughs> um, you know, she's sitting there watching her brother. They've, they've met him for all of maybe five minutes. They're all talking around her about how to do all this war stuff. And, you know, John's pretty confident that, you know, he, has figured Ramsey out and Sansa knows that John has not figured Ramsey out. And so, um, the, the meat of my number two is when Sansa kind of confronts him and is like, don't you want to know my opinion about this? Like I was fucking married to him, but I figured we could kind of just kind of go through their conversation before we get there. All right. Well, let's, let's talk about one of the elephants in the room I got with this situation. And that is, uh, why doesn't she want to tell i mean the the way he looks with the mud and the blood on him later every time i see that or like him charging out or even what happens to rick on i mean it's there's a lot of things that could have been modified and i just i can't stand in the next episode where it's like you know if we're gonna get along we need to trust each other it's like yeah could we have done that like two days ago yeah she totally risked john's life and like that cost thousands of lives potentially by not telling John that the veil was on the way. 
because they could have held off. Yeah, just a few yeah. hours. Sometimes I think it's it's a hint. There's a, it always harkens back to her walking down the stairs with her hair dyed black, and like so, and like the way her she was portrayed in the 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 first season. Power hungry. And like you know, if she's not this innocent little flower, she's like this snooty, ruthless, yeah, Cersei like character. Yes, and I think it's a it's a small flip. Of a coin for that, and I think we're going to see a I, prediction. I think we're going to see a lot of that in season eight, like a power struggle, like with Daenerys coming into the fold and things like that. Yeah, um, I kind I of mean, agree. We, see how, we saw how you know jealous Cersei gets over you know uh, Marjorie. Marjorie, thank you. Uh, yes. uh, like hopefully we won't see something like that. Like here's this new face to the the good guy crew, and and Sansa does say at some point. I think it's in the last episode. She said she tells John that she learned a great deal from Cersei. Yeah, because he says like, you almost admi- sound like you admire her, and she goes, "Well, I learned a great deal from her." Right. So we look, we talk about things like the wildfire being underneath the caches of wildfire being hidden is foreshadowing. How do we not know we're not getting like, "Ha ha, John, you thought I was on your side." You know, I killed Baelish because you know I wanted all the power, and bang, you know, or something. I mean, right. I know it sounds way out there, but you got to ask yourself. You know, at the on the finale, we got this idea of possibly where Daenerys will be, possibly where John's going to be, what grave Cersei's going to be in, but where is Sansa <laughs> going to be at? You know, yeah. So it's it's kind of this little things like that make me think that this is not some plot hole, right? Yeah, you know? she could definitely be a kind of wild card. It's totally plausible that she's going to sit the Iron Throne. She, if you think about who's been groomed the most as far as the game goes oh man i hadn't even thought about that it's all i ever wanted since i was a stupid girl yeah it's all i've ever (sighs) wanted i mean she's she started off this dreamy little girl dreaming about being the queen and she's the most groomed individual as far as how the game is played by learning from baelish and cersei if she's the kindling and Cersei's knowledge and way she's been trained by Cersei is the fluid and then what Ramsay did to her is like the spark. You know what I mean? Like yeah, good, all good it's like the perfect storm to create the ultimate tyrant that's just not there yet. Oh, and if man. she does it, it'll be like most tyrants in history. It'll be kind of, you know, they'll burn bright and then perish that, quickly. Set out with these good intentions, like to rescue a country from dire depression and then turn like around Caesar. and, you know. Yeah, or Hitler. I mean, he set oh, out with yeah, all those, you know, let me pull this country out of the depression and, re, you know, industrialize. And then look how that turned around in just a decade. I'm not saying that, obviously, Sansa's Hitler, because that's way really extreme, but <laughs> it's Westeros. I mean, you never know, like, in, on a dime, how it could turn. Yeah, such a good point. You know, that kind of thing. Like, something could happen with the battle with the Whites that she just doesn't agree and thinks there's no way these two can rule. I need to stop this or something. Mm-hmm. But little things like this this little battle, you know, where she's getting jealous that she's not being involved and things like that. And I, I'm not saying John's wrong. I really think he should have heeded her counsel a lot more. But at the same time, I feel like if she would have came to the table with, here's some knowledge you know, here's something that might be able to help us and help your plans. You right. need to take me more serious. Look at what I have to offer. I think you- she was waiting. I think the only, re- I mean, aside from maybe her hesitations about John, you know, and the, the little whisper, that little finger put in her ear, which I'm not sure hold as, as much weight anymore as they once did. Like, 
with the whole Brienne situation because she learned from that. Right. Um, but, you know, the doubt could be there. But I think she was waiting to tell him because she was waiting for him to ask for like, well, what do you think we should do? And then she could tell them about Ramsey and she can say, I also have the veil coming. But there's a thing also, like if she's, you know, a lady, the lady of, you know, Lady Stark and shit like that. Why is she waiting for anybody to ask her anything? They're having the meeting right there. She's in the room. Everybody's just discussing interject. tactics. Just fucking say something. Don't right? wait, wait silently and then whine that you didn't get to input. Like you should have just fucking Because that's input. Sansa. That's she's staying kind of true <laughs> to character there, I think. Well, and then the other darker underlining of all of this comes from the Lady of Winterfell, Catelyn. I mean, if Sansa was 14 or whatever, the last time she saw her mom or 13, whatever age she was supposed to be in season one. Mm -hmm. Think about it. So that's 13 years ish that she was told that this boy is only your brother by blood, not by name. He's worthless. He's stupid. He's, right, you know, yeah. and he, I don't matter how sweet he's been. Look, look, he, you know, look how much he cares for, you know, tomboy Ari. I mean, how much did he really, I mean, we know, but they didn't get along that great. Right. They say it They're later. Back to old bickering so kind of. You got your mother whom you, you know, hold in high regard, probably the whole childhood berating and belittling this little boy. Right. You know, yeah, she's got to have like a, she's like got a brainwashed negative opinion right. of John. It's like they've forgiven, but they haven't forgotten. You know, it's like natural tendencies. Right. This is probably the first time she's ever seen John as a person. It's probably like right now. Like, yeah, maybe. oh, wow. You know, he's not just a swordsman in the yard out there in the, in the atrium area. He, he, he's actually, you know, oh my God, he's, he's the living embodiment of like our father at that point. It just bothers me too, because... Finally, when she goes like, don't you want to know what I think? He's going to trick you. He's just don't do what he wants you to do. And he's like, what do you want me to do? And she goes, I don't know. And it's like, why don't you tell him that the veil is on the way? Yeah. Well, oh my God, or, just wait a couple or, hours. I mean, she might not even know like they're going to be there. Just say at least, hey, I wrote and this could happen. Let's wait a little longer. Can we I just mean, like sit tight? Right. She could or be what? like, well, this guy, you know, has previously offered me his whole army and I told him to fuck off because of, we had yours. But I because I, he sold me to the Boltons. Yeah, I sent him an email Raven to uh, ask if we could borrow that army again. And he's probably going to say, yeah, so let's just hold off like a day or so yeah, exactly. <laughs> because he loves me, right. you know, and I have him under my thumb. Mm -hmm. I know where his Achilles heel is. I mean, and she has the perfect opportunity to say it when she's like, you know, like they're going to kill Rick on anyway. I mean, that'd be the perfect time to say it doesn't matter. Let's just wait. I mean, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Like she's already making that point with no justification. She might as well make that point that he's not going to listen to anyway, you know, but at least have some kind of just cause behind it. That way, when he does charge out there, it's off of her. He's like, well, I told him, you know, but he's still, you know, going out there because he loves our brother. Great. Right. But. If we would have just waited, it's not like I didn't tell him, but she can't say any of that because she didn't. And then that freaking look on her face when she's by him later on, like right next to Baelish, it's just like, oh, you ugh, really? I mean, I know you're proud that the veil showed up and that y'all are winning, but there's just like a piece of like satisfaction, like I did this. And then next episode, I think, or maybe, yeah, I think it's next episode, uh, he says, uh, you know, because of what you did, you know, you brought the knight to the veil, you know, it's like oh, right, just right, feeding, right. just feeding it. Yeah. She totally <laughs> set herself up to be a hero here, but like put John's life at risk by the way she did it and everybody's life, you know? Yeah. It's pretty crazy. 
But yeah, she yeah. does have a good point. Like she, it would, she would have had valuable insight for him. I think you're, you know, uh, Johnny, what you said about Sansa looking at John as kind of like a stupid boy. I mean, he even kind of placates to that because he says, what do you think I have been doing all my life? Playing with broomsticks? Like, <laughs> he knows nothing. You know, like, like what kids do, you know, he's and he like throws it right back at her. He's like, I have fought worse odds than Ramsey Bolton. I've fought the army of the dead. I've fought Thens who fucking eat people like Ramsey Bolton's a bitch. Yeah. Not necessarily the best wording though, considering what, what she had to deal with, with a living with Ramsey. No, exactly. Ways like worse, you know, I've fought things that are worse than Ramsey Bolton. I've defended the wall from worse than Ramsey Bolton. It's sort of just insensitive and just kind of downplaying the seriousness of the plight that Sansa went through at Ramsey Bolton's hands. From Sansa's perspective, Ramsey Bolton is the worst piece of shit right, on right. the planet. Yeah. She'd rather be attacked by a white than be raped by a psycho. Well, she placates to that situation, too, because she goes, if you lose, you realize I'm not going back there alive. I will kill myself. I would rather die than go back there. Yeah, that was intense, huh? Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't blame her. And I know she's super dramatic, like as a character, like when she says stuff like this. But I really believe her here. It's like I am not going back there alive. Oh yeah, do well, you hear me? It's also just like Cersei. Like she's like, I'm not going to get captured. Like I'm going to poison little Tommen and myself before that happens. You know? Exactly. Uh, it's another Cersei parallel, kind of there. And in your in your tent, you have here is a, a one of the parts of the conversations like. Davos gives John like all the instruction that he's going to do the exact opposite of. <laughs> oh, gonna, right, 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 right. You know, we need to make sure they charge first. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, nope, he fucks that up. <laughs> I love their table because in the past, the, the battle tables that we've seen, like the maps, they have like these very detailed wooden pieces that represent the respective armies. And on this table, they have rocks with X's painted on them. Oh, more makeshift. Yeah, I didn't really and notice. And plain rocks. And I thought that was kind of cool because it's mostly a army of wildlings. And yeah. they're not really like set up to do this, that they're just kind of going on instinct and will and just the need to do it for survival. So it wasn't kind of about the finery, but about just like, let's get it done. The effectiveness. Yeah. Like how well it works over how good it looks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it works all the same. Like the outcome is going to be the same. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if we have like chiseled pieces of Bolton X's like the Lannisters do. Right. Um, Gilded. You know, we have rocks figures. and paint and we're still going to figure out how to kick their ass. Mm hmm. It's, uh, it's funny. Um, yes. Like you were saying, Johnny um, Davos is saying things we don't want to do. And John does everything he's not supposed to do. Sansa's yeah. like, listen to me. He, he wants you to make a mistake. Just, just don't do what he wants you to do. And, and John's he does like, exactly what yeah. that. he's like, oh yeah, that's great advice. It's like so obvious, you know? It's just, it's just a game to him. Yeah. Next day, let's play a game. Yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> and then he, uh, and then John does like exactly what Ramsey wants him to do. Like runs right into the line of fire and shit like that. And it's just like, oh man. And yeah, I, I've written down that they're like back to kind of fighting a little bit with each other. Like sort of in the old days, there's definitely some tension between them. Yeah. He's like, when will we have a larger first? And I wanted her so bad to be like, right. Just tell her, tell him in like a few days. Yeah. <laughs> I have the veil coming. So it kind of placates to my advisors and alliances because 
Sansa kind of wants to advise John, but she's not willing to really form an alliance with him yet because she's withholding valuable information from him. Right. Well, and and that line of dialogue, like, when will, when will, and then you just see her sigh with, like, frustration because you know it's right there at the tip of her tongue, but it's like something's telling her, don't tell him, you have plans. Right. Fine. You know, yeah. it's 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 the perfect moment. I mean, why else would that character roll her eyes and sigh? You know, uh. it's frustrating <laughs> for sure. Yeah, it's so frustrating. And it's like that line line from a uh, uh, Star Wars, like where uh, Qui Gon's, you know, out uh, trying to get the parts and. Uh, the handmaidens with him, and she's just like, uh, he's like, the queen trusts my judgment, and she's like, you presume too much, <laughs> you know. It's like she, he, but she is the queen. That, she's got that same notion. Like he's like, what else can I do? And then she's like, I don't know, but she's basically in that look, saying like, oh, you just presume too much, you know. Like she's rolling her eyes, she's sighing, like, you know, there's something here. It just makes no sense, like why she wouldn't <laughs> right, in that in that second say. I wrote a letter, you know, I sent to Raven, uh, I don't know if it's going to work, but I think we should hold out until then. And right, he'd be like, like, oh, okay, Davos, uh, Tormund, y'all come back in your new plan. <laughs> yeah, she right? she basically says, like, wait not to attack until we have a larger force, you know, and she's basically saying we're going to have a larger force, but she's not telling him that the there's soldiers How? coming, you know? Yeah. yeah. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about, larger force? Like, nobody's willing to fight. And she, oh, it's just so annoying. He's like, we yeah. just went on like the seven month expedition that happened in one episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the other thing too, is they're, they're camped out where Stannis was camped out. At that point, we know winter was getting like intense. Horses were dying. The troops were like faltering. How is John's army like just so okay? <laughs> you know, I think like, what because to the they're winter? provisioned. They weren't. <laughs> they're all I wildlings. Think, yeah. They, they know how to like, they're moving with stuff because the wildlings came with some stuff, I believe. And they've been there for some time. Yeah. So. Well, I, don't I think know. It's, it's all the wildlings know, and then yeah, there's only what sixty something from Bear Island, and then sixty two more. But like all the snow is gone from around Winterfell too. Like just a few episodes ago, Sansa and Theon jumped from the hundred foot walls of Winterfell with the promise Into that they would plume. land in a yeah, like a big pile of snow, and <laughs> there's just nothing. Like That's what? because Shireen's death burned it all away. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, things were warming. Oh, right, we saw the icicles <laughs> melting. Good point. Good point. We saw the icicles melting. I do remember that now. There's an interesting line here after Sansa says she's going to kill herself if before going um, back into Ramsay's custody. Um, John's like, I won't let him touch you again. You know, I'll protect you. I promise. Mm, and she's no like, one can protect me. I got this in my notes too. Yeah. No one can yeah. protect me. No one can protect one can anyone. Protect anyone. Just say it in a different voice. No one can protect anyone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm Hagar. like, wait, no one? I'm like, a girl is no one. Yep. And if a girl is no one and no one can protect Sansa, that means a girl can protect Sansa and a girl can protect anyone. <laughs> Everybody, yeah. yeah. I told, I, that's what I said uh, right after that line hit when uh, my wife and I were watching. I said, who is a girl? Yeah. And he, she's like, really? <laughs> <laughs> It's like, I don't yeah. think that's what they're getting at. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Oh, little, no one does kill Littlefinger for her next year, you know, yep. next season. Like That's true. Yeah. Protecting her. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of funny, a little illusion there. So Arya can protect anyone. Yeah. Yep. And then so so she like kind of walks out and, and John's like stressed out as ever. <laughs> like, oh. He's like, God damn. 
Yeah. My sister's crazy. Yup. The, the one other thing I want to add is it bugs me that she's getting mad at him about his plan, but she doesn't offer up a solution. I mean, like any other solution. She's just like, I don't know what to do. Yeah, it's it's like, like, well, then shut up. It's like him and Sam after the battle at the Castle Black, too. He's going north to go meet with Mance. And Sam's like, this isn't a good idea. And he's like, well, what's your idea? Yeah. What's your plan? Yeah, this what's is your solution. Breakfast. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I just have the veil like Second on my breakfast. side. Right. Anything else you want to add about that for your number two? Um, the only other thing I wanted to add was right at the beginning, we kind of skipped down to the meat and potatoes, but um, I love Tormund in this scene, too. Oh, yeah, this is my number two. <laughs> the pincer move. Oh, it is? Then why don't you talk about it, Duncan? Uh, why don't okay. you take it away? Um, so, yeah, my, my number two is confused Tormund. And there's a couple, yes. a couple of points in this episode where we get confused Tormund. The first is at the strategy meeting where they're talking about how they're going to handle Ramsey and what the plan is. And Tormund is worried about the, the, the cavalry because Stannis rode through them like nothing. Like he says that they cut through us like piss through snow. Piss through snow. Great metaphor. And so John's like, don't worry, we're digging trenches so they won't be able to hit us with a, in a double envelopment again. And Tormund's like, um, just staring at him blankly. And John changes his terminology, a pincer move. And Tormund's like, uh, again, just still staring at him blankly. <laughs> Hilarious look on his face. Like a Beavis and Butthead moment. Yeah, total Beavis and Butthead moment. And yeah, and John like kind of looks at Davos like, really? Like, he doesn't get this? Like, <laughs> they won't be able to hit us from the sides. And then he's like, yeah, like you, like you said, Rachel, he won't be able to hit us from the sides. And Tormund's like, good. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing. You're speaking my language yeah, now. Speaking my language, Yeah. So there's that first scene of confusion with Tormund, which is hilarious. And then the second time he's confused with Davos and they're, uh, they're walking along at the Stark encampment, doing their thing and kind of talking. Uh, and... This is my number two. Oh, this is? Oh, nice. Yeah. Cool. All right. You talk about it then. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, just the, the, the dialogue back and forth between uh, Davos and Tormund uh, with the happy shitting and things like that. So it just nice. leads to it. But you can, you can continue. I'll just talk about the confusion and you can yeah. for there. So they're talking about, you know, it, it, first of all, it's kind of cool seeing Davos and Tormund together. These are yeah. like, two, yeah. yeah, two really good characters that everybody loves that we never kind of would have expected would ever be in the same witty place characters. a couple seasons ago. Um, yeah, really witty, um, intellectual characters like Tormund obviously doesn't know technical terminology as we know, but he's a thinker, you know, he's, he's a... He's like an honorable dude and everything like that. So just cool seeing this team up. <laughs> so you got the brawn and the brains here. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. Great combo. So Davos is asking him if he thinks there's any chance to win, basically. And Tormund is saying that none of us have ever seen either any of us fight. <laughs> so, so who knows? Yeah, there's hope. But like, you know, who knows, basically. So they're talking about various kings that they've served and Davos is talking about um, Stannis and he's like, well, it wasn't, it wasn't the Boltons that defeated Stannis. It was Stannis himself. I love the man. He lifted me up and made me something, but he had demons in his skull whispering foul things. <laughs> and Tormund is like, you saw these demons? <laughs> and Davos is kind of like, just like, what? 
what? <laughs> Which is kind of funny because Davos did. did see a demon. Oh, that's that's so funny. Maybe maybe that's why he had that reaction. You know, like or well, he continues on like, no, no, it's just a manner of speaking, not actual demons. But you, you're right. We there was a shadow demon, and he saw it. Yeah, I expected Tormund to be like, oh. I've- I've seen a bunch of demons. There was this one time, like, he started busting out, like... <laughs> With his stories, like how he fucked a bear and shit. A demon bear that he yeah. fucked. <laughs> yeah, 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 there you go. <laughs> and uh, so Davos is like, no, it's a manner of speaking, not actual demons. And Torment gets to go on about Mance a little bit. And I love, he, I love it. He's like, well, he's like, you loved that cunt Stannis. And I loved the man he burned. Mance didn't have demons in his skull. And I, I thought I just thought it was great how Tormund gets his chance to step up to Mance's defense here and just to, to have his back a little bit. And um, even in death, you know, to stick up for him. I thought it was really good and loyal. Yeah. And he's like, he didn't, he didn't torch people or listen to some red witch. I believed in him. And uh, like he says, he thought that Mance was the one to lead us through the long night. He mentions the long night. Um, obviously he's, you know, he was aware of the white walkers and everything like that. And he's like, but I was wrong just like you. And Davos says, um, maybe that was our mistake believing in Kings. Yeah. And, uh, I'd, I thought it was really cool. It's like, they're both, they're both searching for this savior and they've been, you know, following what seems to be the right path. And it, it's led them both to John in their own, uh, in their own ways and uh, Tormund, after Davos says maybe believing in kings was the mistake, Tormund says, well, Jon Snow is not a king. Which I thought was yep. really cool. It's like, oh, man, they're, they're looking at Jon Snow as their new, their new hero, man. Everybody sees it. King in the North. King in the North. King in the North. Next episode. King beyond the wall. Right, yeah. So Tormund's like, he's not a king. And Davos is like, no, he's not. And I'm like, haha, not yet. But he is the rightful heir to the Iron Throne, and he's going to be named king next episode. So. And Azor Ahai. No, <laughs> yeah, the prince that was promised, Azor Ahai. All <laughs> of it. Titles, titles, titles. Titles, so, uh, titles, titles. Yeah, so you want to go on about the rest of their conversation, Johnny? Yeah, so I, I thought it was funny. So my number two is Davos and uh, Torment, uh, their talk, and how uh, the scene you know, has a ton of humor mixed in with it. Like, uh, I need a good drink to help me sleep the night before I fight. Yeah. Uh, you want some? I have a jug of sour goat's milk. Stronger than any of that grape water you southerners are sucking on. So funny. I think that's so what John, but what Mance gave John in the tent that made John yeah. cough. Oh, was sour yeah. goat's milk because it was white. It's yeah, like yeah. fermented milk. Yeah, and I was thinking, like, remember when Sansa takes the drink of the grog or whatever, the ale that the Night's Watch brews, and she's like, <coughs> and I was comparing it like, oh, if Sansa thought that this was rough, and John drinks this was no problem, but thought that that stuff up north was rough. Imagine Sansa trying to drink that stuff that Tormund's talking about. Oh, fuck. <laughs> What's funny is he's like, uh, you know, no thanks. It sounds delicious, but I like to keep a clear head. You know, and then it basically goes on to basically, so what are you going to do tonight? And he's, you know, I'll walk, think and walk until I'm far enough away from the camp where no one can hear me shitting my guts out. Uh-huh. And of course, Tormund's happy shitting, which is my <laughs> favorite line of the episode. But then I just think, I'm like, man, either way, he's going to be shitting his guts out with fear. Or if he would have went with Tormund, he'd probably been shitting his guts out literally from drinking, yeah, from drinking. goats. That's hilarious. So it goes from this like almost quip humor moment 
two, like where he goes and he finds the, the burnt stag, and that's uh. the other part of my number two is, and that's why I have to watch that piece of that episode uh, of the next episode, like because I want to see the resolution. Because I'm, right. I don't, I don't. It shows it's a testament to the the strict um, nature of Stannis and how it's you know, reformed Davos. He always tells people, I was a smuggler, but now I'm not. This guy finds this this toy to this little girl that, you know, he's crying in the spittle on his beard and all that stuff in the next episode when he's crying about it. And he manages to hold all that in and lead that battle the next morning. Unbelievable. Don't, you know, don't shoot the arrows over there. Like he's doing all this stuff clear headed, but he's got this, you know, he's got that thing on him probably at that moment. Oh yeah. I never put that together until the rewatch. And I was just like, oh my God. Cause it's almost when you think about all these events, they're like a, you know, just a goulash of, of things going on and you don't realize in the timeline sometimes when stuff happened and this, so the dawn is approaching and he gets this hard news and he has to go into battle with yeah, it. Yeah, not and so it, happy shitting, unfortunately. Exactly, man. Yeah. It's, it's such a heavy scene. Yeah, it's really brutal. It's, it's like he's drawn to that stag. He just like goes right to it, you know? It's yeah. kind of like the pearl ring um, that Jorah finds. It's oh, like right. You just kind of have to be in the right place. And the shot of him, I loved when he like kind of realized it. They kind of zoom yes. in on his face and Dawn is arriving. Yeah, beautiful exactly. silhouette shot. Yeah. There's, so there's red behind him. It's a red sky. Red and yellow. Which is, you know, very. Red sky in the morning. Sailors take warning. Yes, thank you. Red sky at night, sailor's delight. (laughs) So what what hits me, Rachel, in that scene is I I don't know if it's the the horror writer in me, but like (laughs) unlike the Danny the Danny thing, which I I still can't ever get over her finding that ring in the grass. I I almost like like Duncan was saying something's pulling her to it. It's like if you could just look through like the ether, I feel like you'd see like the ghost of Shireen like leading him there. Oh my god, yeah. Like almost like walking him to that that spot, and he just doesn't know why. Taking him by the hand, almost yes. right. leading him right to it. Yeah, that's like what I envision is just like wow. this ethereal spirit, like over this thing, like give me justice, give me justice, that kind of thing. That's such a powerful image. Wow, you know. And not only that, the red the red sky behind it, like she was burned alive, so it's like red representing fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hinting towards the red woman. And the yeah. red woman, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's such a beautiful moment. And he's he's casted into darkness, like the by the like since the camera is on the opposite side as the light, the 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 light from the morning is making him appear Shadowing black in his silhouette, face. and it's like that's like the effect of the burning of Shireen has has thr- thrust him into darkness. So it's like symbolically shown by that silhouette sil- silhouetted shot backlit with yeah. the red. So in this in this in this moment, uh, hopefully this won't spoil. I don't think this is anybody's number one. It might be, but um, I know it'll probably be in our notes. But there's a there's a part in this episode about don't bring me back, right? And then you yeah. know, Johnny uh, John says, you know, what kind of God would do that? And that again, it harkens back to what I said. What makes this episode perfect is if you know you go back or you go forward to that next season where that's brought up again, like how good is this red God, you know, a God that burns little girls alive, you know, right. And John's John says to the red woman in this episode, you know, what kind of God would, you know, like, what, are, ugh. you know, he's just got this disgusted look on his face. Like, yeah. And she's like, 
the god we have, basically. <laughs> the one we've got. Yeah. He's just got this like, ugh, fuck that face. <laughs> like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. So that really leaves it ambiguous. You know, we always like seem to go back and forth on over the uh, the nature of the of the red god. You know, mm-hmm. the good versus the bad. Like, is Danny raging the war for the red god against these whites? Is that really the the good god where they're fighting for that kind of yeah, thing? It's like, is R'hllor like a good god? I mean, look at you know what his disciples did to that church. I mean, I realize his other the other R'hllor disciples, you know, hung them and all that. You know, but. It's just it, that God is constantly like doing rough shit, dark shit. Yeah. Or really, really good stuff like helping bring John back. Maybe. <laughs> True. But, maybe. Maybe. Know, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, who knows? Interesting. I yeah, do that love that scene with John and Malisandra. Um, she really stands up to him. She's like, I am not your servant. I serve the Lord of light. And he's like, girl, you're in my camp. I'm the commander. And she's like, no, it, it doesn't work that way. Like, I can't advise you. This this is a part of my advisors. You know, I can't advise uh-huh. you in battle. I don't know how. You know, like, all I do is try to interpret what the Lord of Light is. As well as I can, up. she As says. well as I can. And that shows exactly. how traumatized she is from her massive fuck-ups with their interpretations regarding Stannis. Yeah, she, she's earned it. And she says, like, you know, if the Lord of Light didn't want me to bring you back, how did I bring you back? I have no power, only what he gives me. And he gave me you. And that's when John asks, like, why? Well, why? And she's like, I have no idea, but you're here for a reason. So while we're talking about Melisandre, a side tangent. Sure. I really want to see her die in Westeros like she's prophesied to do. Yeah. Like, I do not want to see this woman survive this series after what she did to Shireen. She can't. We'll see her die. And all the, those, yeah, those people on the beach at the very beginning, you know, like... Axel Florent and whatnot. I think she's going to sacrifice herself to save someone. I hope not. I don't want to see a redemption arc for her. I I just, ugh. (laughs) Maybe she'll burn somehow. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe she'll burn herself. <laughs> I'd like to see her get her up and coming. It's like one of the dragons just like torture her or something yeah, like that. Yeah. <laughs> <That'd be laughs> oh like a fire god destroys her. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Yeah, that'd be pretty funny. But yeah, she tells him like, I don't know, maybe maybe he only brought you back for a small part of this plan and nothing else. Maybe he just brought you back here to die. And I thought this was interesting because she's being more realistic. <laughs> she's not claiming to have all the answers anymore. She already told Davos that she thinks John is the prince that was promised. So now she's downplaying that belief to him here. So maybe she learned from the experience with Stannis that it's not good to like pump somebody with like, you're the promised, you're the chosen one. It's too much pressure. Like Anakin Skywalker, you know, like it'll like, yeah, it's, it, it's inflates your ego and gives you like a, could make you think that your decisions and authority are infallible and stop you from questioning your own actions and judging morality better to keep him humble and be like maybe your part's small just work hard and try your best and be a good person you know yeah um i also thought it was interesting that mentioning the idea of being brought back for a smaller role seems to reference beric and possibly you know other people like like the hound who i think is very important for the lord of light They've been connected since his uh, since they met face to face when he was burned by by Gregor as a child and had his face pressed into the into the the uh, into the fire. 
So now he's finally, you know, acknowledging them. Yeah. Where we are now. So that's yeah, nice. that the hound is acknowledging the Lord of light and yeah, the, it's going to be, yeah, I think so maybe, you know, maybe there are smaller roles and bigger roles. Uh, it's just kind of interesting, you know, I agree. Definitely. Yeah. Super dark, super serious or ominous. Like what an episode. Definitely. I have a love hate relationship with the character of Melisandre. <laughs> sure. She's yeah. a fake, fake redhead torture. We got a <laughs> oh. grit. Or we had a grit. Yeah. I thought it was interesting that Melisandre is even there for the second time with an understaffed army. Why isn't she like certain that they're doomed just like Stannis's host was? Like, what the fuck? Maybe she's hoping that this time around she's going to get her visions that she had seen. <laughs> exactly. She just got, I got that in my notes, like law of numbers was on her side about the vision that she told Stannis ends up being yeah. John's. Yeah, and like we get, I think we get one of those visions at the end of this episode. She had told Stannis that she had seen herself in the flames standing atop the battlements at Winterfell after a big battle. And that's what she's doing at the end of this episode when the stark banners are being unfolded. She's watching from the battlements. Mm, what a moment. Yeah, crazy, really <laughs> epic moment after Winterfell has been lost for so long, having those stark banners unfold. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, huge moment goosebumps i where did they keep those at were those just hanging out in the crypt somewhere or? <laughs> they probably um you know probably <laughs> had them with the army like they made them or something so they, yeah <laughs> uh, yeah, they, uh they probably they looked pretty clean <laughs> yeah <laughs> so where are we that was your number two right johnny anything else you want to yeah. add about your number two or anything no that 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 summed it up really well all right so how about your number uh number one lady rachel what do you got so my number one is back in Marine with Danny, Tyrion, and the Greyjoys. Ooh, nice. Because you this were just is talking Danny's, about this last week, too. Yeah, this is Danny's first Westerosi alliance that she's made. Yeah, good point. That's great. Except for Tyrion, but that, you know, that doesn't really count. It's more of just a person and not a house. <laughs> yeah, he was kind of like a fleeing... <laughs> <laughs> fleeing Westerosi. Right. Yeah. This is like a group of people. Like, yeah, great this point. Is First like, Westerosi I'm going alliance. to get some ships out of this. I'm going to get an alliance. I'm going to get more men um, to help me and support my claim to the throne when I get there. So. Fuck yeah. Oh, Tyrion bashing on Theon. Yeah. It's so funny, man. Everybody likes to make the dwarf jokes. Yep. It's always the six, you know, same six jokes, really. And this makes sense because the last time that we, you know, when Tyrion and Theon interacted, this is in season one when Theon was a total douchebag. So naturally, yeah. Tyrion's going to remember that he was actually like a, a pretty colossal douche. And it makes sense for Tyrion to be like shoving it back in his face here now that he's in a position of power. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Although he does, um, he's very reasonable with him and gives him the opportunity to, you know, join the crew and everything. So, yeah, pretty, I mean, and nice. to Theon's point, it was a long time ago and I've changed a lot. Like, I've lost my cock and been tortured <laughs> for like six months. Yeah. That'll, that'll change your perspective on life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Big time. But uh, it's funny, like you were saying, the five or six of the same, diff the same jokes that they all tell. Yeah. A man of your stature. <laughs> the height of nobility. <laughs> oh, Someone man. to look up to. Yeah. Sad. 
So Theon and Tyrion kind of keep going back and forth here, you know, about all of the things that Theon did, uh, murdering the Stark boys. And, you know, he admitted, I didn't murder the Stark boys, but Big I did moment. things that were just as bad. Yeah. It's so awesome on that, too, how they don't just, like, repeat a bunch of, like, drooling exposition that we already know. Yeah. Like, they did that. That was some intelligent writing right there. Like yeah, the really way good. Because the line he says instead, you know, what you're about to lead into, the, uh, you know, is just as bad. You know, killing farm boys is the same as killing Bran. You know, totally. It's, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, what it doesn't I matter did. that they were Starks or not. Like, I still kid, killed yeah. two boys. And it's also interesting that how they bring up murdering a Stark boy and then one of the Stark boys that Theon didn't murder gets murdered later this episode. In this episode, yep. Oof. Ouch. What were you going to say, Johnny? But uh, well, that was pretty much just at the point was like how the writers put this conversation together where they can convey the growth of Theon, like him growing as a character, you know, and learning, you know, becoming something more than Reek, more than original Theon, like this new Theon. Yeah. And it's it's just really well done without them going. I mean, I thought when I first saw this scene, like, here we go. Actually, I didn't kill the Stark boys. I killed these farm boys. Like, he was just going to explain <laughs> yeah. it explain it to Tyrion like it matters, like to the audience kind of thing. Because a, a lot of TV shows, Walking Dead, do that kind of stuff all the time. And it gets so <laughs> annoying. It's like, we know what happened. We watched it a lot. That's so know? funny, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yara sticks up for the, the yeah she she sticks up for her brother she was like yeah he got his dick chopped off for it dude like lay off yeah I like that <laughs> even though she was making fun of it like two episodes ago <laughs> yeah I love Tyrion here he goes it must have been really complicated I'm sure growing up at Winterfell like never knowing who you really were nailed it that's like the whole crux <laughs> of the Theon character is his continued identities um, yep. crisis Johnny we were just talking about how the last episode where um where he's in the bar at at, at the, the like the whorehouse with Yara and she's like I, are you Theon or are you not like if you're not Theon slit your wrist and end it and if you if yeah. you are like you're um, I need you on my team you know and he look makes that eye contact and it's like he's he's back to Theon so as re relating to his identity crisis Theon has finally like cemented his first name you know now he knows yeah. he's Theon next season he's going to have to deal with his last name is he a yeah. is he a Stark yeah. is he a Greyjoy is he both just kind of yeah. funny well he gets to, he gets to, he gets to be Reek again for a few moments next season does he <laughs> when he jumps off when the he boat. jumps in the water oh, right, right, right. <laughs> like Jack Sparrow it's just a little hiccup it's just a little hiccup Johnny sometimes you know that PTSD it'll yeah. get you <laughs> what does he say this is the day you'll remember as the day that Jack Sparrow escaped <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean the ungrateful yeah exactly classic yep so Danny's like, so you're here. You bought it. You brought us a hundred ships. That's sick. That's awesome. Um, you know, you have a you have a fleet with men to sail them. So what do you want in return? She's like, what do you want me to support your claim, Theon? She looks at Theon, and right. he's like, girl, I'm not fit to rule. I'm crazy. <laughs> Tyrion's like, we can at least agree upon that. <laughs> yeah. I Classic love line. Danny and Yara here because they are so paralleled. Um, as characters yes. and I, I mean Yara they're such a harsh people she just goes toe to toe with Danny but Danny can't refute Take it that, because it's bitch. so true so um, 
you know, Danny's like, well, the Iron Islands probably has not had a queen before. She's like, no more than Westeros. Yep. Danny smiles. <laughs> Theon continues um, that our uncle took the throne from Yara. And Danny again is kind of throwing punches at Yara. She's like, your dad was a really bad king, huh? And <laughs> Yara's like, yeah, we have that in common. <laughs> I love I love her, you know, responses. So, yep. and so Danny's kind of seeing this parallel here. She, so she agrees and she adds that they were both murdered by a, a usurper. Yeah. Which is another parallel, a smaller one, but definitely a parallel, a parallel. Mm-hmm. So she looks at Tyrion. She's like, will their ships be enough? And Tyrion goes, sure, I think so. Maybe. I don't know. Barely. <laughs> I'm usually blowing up ships, not actually counting them for an armada. <laughs> yeah, Tyrion does blow up ships. That's his thing. <laughs> he does like to do that. Um, we we find out, you know, that there are more than a hundred ships, and Danny's curious, you know, why why the whole Iron Fleet isn't with them, and so they go into the story of why, you know, Euron took it. And he's coming here too, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but his his proposal, you know, is one of marriage. Like you can't get his fleet without the other. Um and I love Yara here. She's like basically my uncle wants to give you his big cock, is what yeah. he said. And she's Very like, blunt. Oh, gross. <laughs> and so I love this. This is one of my this is why it's my number one. <laughs> <laughs> Danny's like, I'm assuming you don't want to marry me. Your 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 proposal doesn't come with marriage, and Yara's like, I'm up for anything. I know it is iconic, man. <laughs> kind of gives her like the uh, the up and down look, like. <laughs> and she's like, I like what I see. It's so great. So yeah, I mean, it it continues. And Danny looks like astonished by that, but also not upset. She doesn't look like offended or like upset by that at all. But she's kind of like blown away by it. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty yeah. funny. I, I love Theon right there before that, too, because he's all, the, the, the Iron Fleet isn't all he's bringing. He, he wants to give you uh, uh, a... <laughs> she's like, his big cock. <laughs> he, he's all timid, and she's yeah. just like, fuck this. <laughs> right out with it. Yeah. Classic. So they also want the Iron Islands back. Yeah. And Tyrion's like, well... Hey, Danny, like if everyone starts demanding their, you know, respective kingdoms back, she goes, she's not demanding. She asked us <laughs> and she's not. The others are that. free to ask as well. And yeah, I love that because it. it goes into it ties into her like freedom arc. Yep. Free totally. speech, free, free requests. I mean, she can say no or yes, depending on the situation. Yep. Which, you know, shows her um, growing as a leader. And understanding yep. the power that she's starting to have because all of a sudden the Westerosi houses are coming to <laughs> form alliances with her. Yeah. They they suck her out. She didn't, you know, seek them out. They came to her. Right. They came across the narrow sea. That's pretty amazing. So this is her sign that it's time to go. Is Pike on the west coast of Westeros? I think so. Then that makes their journey even like more impressive. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I'd have to look at the map. I can't remember. I'll look it up right now. Okay, yeah. I just looked it up. The um, the Iron Islands 
are to the west of the neck in Westeros. So they okay. are like mid mid level Westeros on the west. So they would have had to go all the way south beneath Dorne, around the Horn of Dorne. Oh wow. Marine is like southeast um Essos. So they would have passed Dorne and then passed Valyria and followed the southern coast of Essos down to Marine. Well, it's a good thing oh we just God. left a few episodes ago. <laughs> I know, it's such a long trip. <laughs> That's wild. So enough time has gone by. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? They must have had some of those jet propulsion ravens on yeah. the boats. <laughs> totally. So Danny tells Yara, yeah, you can have the Iron Islands back, but you can't reap, you can't rape, you can't, like, go plundering cities in Westeros anymore. And... Yara agrees to it. She wasn't, she was apprehensive to agree to it, but she realizes that it's the right thing to do to get this alliance with the dragon queen. Yeah. She, she doesn't want to agree at first, but she's like, you know, yeah, we got to do what we got to do. We have to do what we have to do. So we get the epic arm grab. Yeah. 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 Crazy arm grab. We see that. Who else does that? Oh, a John. That's predator. No, John and the wildling, what was Dim... um, Dim Dalba? Dim Dalba, yeah. They do it too. Yeah, that redhead wildling guy? Yep. Scruffy looking nerf herder? Yeah, with the wild hair. Yeah. The epic handshake. You know, if you think about it, it's probably probably not super, you know, hard for her to give up on this because I know it's all she's known her whole life is the, you know, the reaving and raping and the raiding and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But... All these people just basically pissed on her. Yeah, true. Including their way of life. Yeah, exactly. Like when she says kill an uncle or two, she means like their little salt god guy, you know? I mean, yeah, so, she's not just, yep. damp hair. so she's just like, fuck it. It all doesn't work over there right now anyway. I'm up for anything, literally. Yeah. Good point. So. Good point. And I like the way Danny really said Really good it. point. No more reaving, roving, raiding, or raping. And I was like, nice alliteration. Alliteration. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. Really good. So that's pretty cool. Yara's like, that's our way of life. And Danny's like, no more. And Yara and Theon look at each other and she turns back, no more. And I'm like, damn. And like this positive, like militant style music comes in like, you know, and I was like, oh man, so good. And uh, I liked that Danny, you know, as Yara reaches out to shake Danny's hand, I liked that Danny looked back to Tyrion to make sure that he gave his approval before she um, agreed and shook with Yara and uh, his, his, look was kind of cute he's just like hey, like yeah go for you it you got girl. your first alliance yeah yeah it's so funny oh man what a team danny and Tyrion, pretty awesome mm, epic yeah totally anything else you want to add about this scene no that's all i had for my notes what about you johnny that's all i had for uh that that scene all right so that was your number one that was my number one so what's your number one duncan my, i'm I, my number one is the big battle um is that your number one as well johnny uh mine is a key piece of the big battle oh, okay which piece is that mine is the wwf like 1990s attitude look john has when he climbs over that top of bodies and stares down ramsey like nice. look motherfucker i made it <laughs> <laughs> i'm coming to get you <laughs> but you like the rock and like the undertaker i feel like every wrestler of like that time frame like would like arch their you know not really arch their eyebrow i mean that was more the rocks thing but like the, the, the you know, like lean their head back and their eyes would just be massive and they just would stare like as at wide you as they could be. 
movie. Yeah, exactly. That's I was great. like, this is so awesome. Yeah, what an epic stare down. He's so like animalistic in that. That is my favorite part of this episode. Like that all the stuff down. we've talked about is just that right there. Even before Tormund and all that and them join him on the side. It's just that one moment where Ramsey's <laughs> like, oh, fuck. Right. Ramsey's <laughs> like, yeah, he's looking around at the at the Knights of the Vale coming around the corner and he's like, what the fuck is happening? It's like he can't even comprehend that everything is going to shit. Yep. I love it. So good. So that That's my number one. I mean, it fits fits very nicely in there. I mean, I basically just wrote down, you know, John's look once he climbs over the pile of the dead to face yeah. Ramsey. Uh, looking like he just climbed over the top rope. <laughs> totally. <laughs> That's great. Love it. So I think we should just all collaborate together to talk about the big battle. Yeah. I think so. And the magic arrows. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. That go back to what y'all were talking about in the other episode. He has a he has a protective magical shield around him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I said he had a Lord Ward, um, like a protective ward. Um, provided by the Lord of Light, basically. Yeah. Well, it's true. I mean, uh, when I was watching this with my son, uh, that was one of the things he pointed out was like, why is he not getting hit by anything? Yeah. I'm like, just, just don't worry about it, okay? Fine. Because he's <laughs> Jon Snow, Aegon Targaryen, yeah, the man. Yeah, we have a theory that the Lord of Light is like sort of guiding the arrows just around him. He's got like I a think divine he has intervention. divine intervention yeah. on a lot of basically everything since he's since he died and came back yeah i yeah i tend to agree um, even at hard home though too i yeah, mean there, <laughs> yeah, there's some stuff there too <laughs> that's true um so we we get a shot of john's army all lined up by the woods and john is riding to the front of the army talk and, about some grizzled melons yeah so many grizzled melons and uh and <laughs> torment is hanging with one one and i'm like fuck yeah i'd be hanging with one one too but then i'm like oh poor one one he's gonna die yeah. me too i had that same thought i was like oh that's all i could think of too i know it's so rough man so rough last of the giants there's that whole sad song that Igrit sings to john in the, the books about the last of the giants yep. um it made me think of that Oh, I am the last of the giants. My people are gone from the earth. The last of the great mountain giants who ruled all the world at my birth. Oh, the small folk have stolen my forests. They've stolen my rivers and hills. And they've built a great wall through my valleys and fished all the fish from my rills. In stone holes they burned their great fires. In stone holes they forge their sharp spears, whilst I walk alone in the mountains with no true companion but tears. They hunt me with dogs in the daylight, they hunt me with torches by night, for these men who are small can never stand tall, whilst giants still walk in the light. Oh, I am the last of the giants, so learn well the words of my song. For when I am gone, the singing will fade, and the silence shall last long and long. So John rides up to the front of the army, and the cameras turn to follow his view, and we see across the battlefield all of these X-shaped, um, like, like what would, we, what would you call those things? The stocks? Not stocks, but like... 
crosses, I guess. Racks. Racks or crosses that... I mean, I think it's built to, you know, look like those things that they used to put on the beaches, like, you know, the stop the the advancement of tanks and things like that. Yeah, but it's just that they've done like this medieval version of it because that's what it reminded me of like barricades yeah i mean that this is also like it's the shape of the of the bolton sigil right it's the man on the cross it's intimidation is what it is i mean oh totally yeah we got this y'all ready to die well there's real flayed burning bodies hanging upside down from them who are they who are those people? Or are they just knows? like the, the maid walking around in Winterfell? Probably. Probably it's fucking Ramsey. Yeah, he he like takes out so many of his own sh- soldiers, even in this battle. Like he doesn't give a fuck. Who knows who those people are? Yeah, because he's shooting arrows into them. Oh, maybe it's some people left over from Stannis' battle. Oh, yeah. It could be people left over. Like, just just keep five of them. <laughs> yeah, he'd, you know, he'd probably cut some fresh bodies for it. He would have loved to do that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, these big X-shaped... Um, things are burning across the field with bodies upside down, roasting on them, flayed, and it's just so hardcore. And there's it shows this big row of Bolton flags, and I'm just saying, just saying, those Bolton flags are very mindful of the British flag. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll oh, wind damn. up there. Ooh, shots fired. Colors and all. 1776. Remember that, motherfuckers. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, Jay. Bye, Jay. I love you, Brits out there. To have family in England as well, and uh, so it show, then shows Ramsay on the opposite side, riding forward through his ranks, just like John was, and he's he looks very regal. He's holding onto this little rope on his left, dragging something along with him, and he gets to the front of the line, and we learn that it's Rickon that he's dragging. And he pulls him I up to the front. I figured it was Rickon. Oh, yeah. Totally. It makes sense. And, I figured, uh, like, even as a first-time viewer, like, the only thing that he would be dragging behind him is either Rickon alive or Rickon dead. <laughs> yeah. And the rope didn't look taut enough for it to be dead. No. <laughs> so, and it kind of moves up and down. Yeah, yeah. So he, he jumps off his horse and pulls Rickon up to the front. And John is watching as this happens. And he... He unsheaths a dagger and lifts it up into the sky. And I'm like, I have my hand up in the sky. Like, I just totally did that motion. <laughs> and, uh, and John dismounts and rushes even further forward as he's nervous that Ramsey's about to slay his brother. And instead, Ramsey lowers the knife and cuts Rickon's bindings. And I'm like, oh, you can hear like the whole Stark army murmuring and like the tension is just off the charts at this point. And that's when Ramsey brings up, like you said, talking about playing little games. You know, do you like games, little man? Let's play a game. Very Hannibal Lecter like. And also, there was that moment of Hannibal Lecter later on in the episode when Sansa visits him when he's strapped up in the kennels. Hello, Sansa. Hello, Sansa. Yeah. Or that that moment of the real Hannibal who you know made the pincer move. Oh, is that that was Hannibal that that created yeah. the military pincer move? Like that's his move from like. I don't know, 200 BC or whatever. Nice. Like that's his big uh, military move. That's what he's famous for? Yeah. Kick ass. That's so, cool. I, I didn't know that. Uh, I got a lot of useless knowledge. Good call. <laughs> that's awesome. Because I had in my notes too that Ramsey was um, channeling Hannibal. Uh, yeah. And apparently um, I was just learning about Johnny. I texted you about it, about how that, that movie from the 90s with Sinbad playing a genie. Yeah. Which apparently doesn't exist. And there's like this, everybody thought there's this movie called Shazam with Sinbad in the 90s where he plays his genie. And there's one with Shaquille O'Neal too, wasn't there? Shazam, yeah. 
And so apparently Sinbad says he never made this movie. IMDb doesn't show any record of, of Shazam from 1994, but there's scores of people from the nineties, like kids in the nineties who swear that there was a, a movie with Sinbad called Shazam where he played a genie. And uh, it's like really fucking weird. They call it the Mandela effect where it's like a like mass the- delusion from like hundreds and hundreds of people all experiencing like collectively some type of delusion. Like the Berenstein Bears? Yeah, exactly. Where it's like Berenstain Bears. Yeah. Um, so the just talking about Hannibal, apparently everybody thinks that there's that famous line from Silence of the Lambs where it's like, hello, Clarice. But apparently he never says that. He says like, good evening, Clarice, or something like that. Wow. Oh, really? Huh. There's another I- one, too, where Star Wars, everybody, like so many people think, Luke, I am your father. But it's not. It's no. I am the father. Yep. <laughs> so there's the, all these examples of this Mandela effect thing, which are just kind of interesting. Total sidebar. Uh, let's huh. m- That's kind of crazy, though. Yeah, it's pretty yep. neat. Just thought people might be kind of interested in that phenomenon. Look up Shazam and see if you can find it. Like, <laughs> find it. If you can find it, I'll pay you. Yeah, exactly. I, I want proof <laughs> that I'm not crazy, that I remember this movie. <laughs> do you remember it, Duncan? Yeah, I remember seeing commercials for it. Totally. I do too. I remember, I swear I've seen like the video cassette like in the movie store. Mm-hmm. Like I don't remember watching it, but I remember I just seeing... remember Sinbad was in a movie. <laughs> yeah, as a genie. Yeah. And like, honestly, when as I think genie, of him, yeah. that's all I can remember is I like the cover of it. But yeah, your brain. It was like a pink cover. Yeah, I get, and my brain wants to mix it with that one with Shaquille O'Neal. I know, I know, that's the problem. Like, and I, yeah. so many, so they claim it's the Mandela effect, and people, but people swear it exists. I think it's like it's like some type of like military or like, like psychological warfare operation. Twenty years from now, we're gonna be like Deep Impact didn't exist, only Armageddon. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. It's like it's gaslighting on a ma- massive scale where we all saw yeah. something and they're t- telling us we didn't see it. You know. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Damn. Yeah. So, cool. uh, so Ramsey is he's talking to, to Rickon, and he's got on his right hand a glove with with three fingers, and his pinky finger is not covered by leather. And I'm looking at that glove, and I'm like, that's a bow hunting glove, you know? I'm like, he's about to do some some shooting, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, he's like, he's like, just run to your brother. That's it. The sooner you make it to him, the sooner you get to see him. That's the game. Zigzag, zigzag. Yeah. I know. It's, I'm just screaming uh. at the TV every time. It wouldn't have mattered, man. That guy is a <laughs> hell of an archer. He is yeah. really good. Uh, uh, it's uh, that's so brutal. Fucker. Yeah. So he starts walking out into the field and he's like, no, no, you have to run. You gotta run. Remember, those are the rules. And that's when the soldier hands him the bow and Rickon's like, oh, fuck, and starts booking it. And John sees this happening and he's like, oh, fuck as well. And he starts galloping. He jumps, runs back to his horse, starts galloping out into the field. And it's just so intense. I, okay, I had to watch. He actually jumps on that horse like that. That's not an easy task if you're not like a skilled rider. And he's a short dude, man. He's short. And he's not very tall. Like, I rewound it. I was like, holy shit, because he doesn't even put his foot in a stirrup. He literally, like, swings his body up there. Nice. That's pretty good. I could do that. I can hop super, super tall fences like that. So I'm I'm sure I could jump on a horse like that. I was going to ask you, Rachel, like, so on the way this this scene was edited, I noticed that a lot. Um, Like, in the beginning, it shows uh, 
It only kind of, when they're first lining up, it shows a lot of John like on just the top of the horse, but it doesn't really show his legs as much. But then when it shows Ramsey, which I know a lot of it was because we need to see that he's going to actually bring Rick on out, but they concentrate on like the lower part of him on the horse for a while. And I was wondering, I was like, I wonder if like the actor that plays Ramsey was just like really wobbly up at the top when they were trying to do this shot. Oh, that's and so funny. <laughs> Maybe. They did show a full body shot though. Yeah, I know they ended up panning out, but like yeah. for a while they're just focused and you don't even see the rope or anything at that point yet. I'm like, that's funny. This is a very odd shot, you know, for the <laughs> setup. Yeah, it's very, you know, it's hard to tell. Um, I know we talked about this in a previous episode of Jamie running his horse up the stairs. I think, I think these actors do some type of, they, they do ride to an extent. But it's hard to say in a lot of the shots if they're not body doubles or any type of CGI effects. Jamie's head was CGI'd on top of somebody yeah. else's body running up those stairs. But um, John galloping, it's either CGI'd or he's doing it himself. Interesting. And they're running pretty. They're running pretty fast. So I mean, if he's running fast and he's jumping on a horse like that, I would assume that he knows how to ride. But it's kind or of hard to tell. He's just got a hell of a, a similar looking stunt devil. We have interesting <laughs> shots of him running too. I love the shot that we get kind of from the side of the horse. Oh. Like as if you're kind of on the horse, but like off to the side a little bit. I nice. love that old school beer commercial they got going on later on in the episode where the all the music like calms down. Yeah. And it's just <laughs> all those different it's like, like da, da, colors da, 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 of horses. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. And it's in slow mo. Oh my yeah. God. It's one of my favorite shots of all yeah. time. Nice. It's really good. I get so goosebumps sick. every time. Like the horses, like the way I just love the way horses move. And it's they're like, kind of, some of them are moving in sync with each other. Some of them are moving differently. And it just looks like this wave this constant motion of nice. power power totally yeah stetson crazy for game of thrones oh my god i get goosebumps every time i'm not even kidding we get that kind of saturated like colorless camera shot but yep. the the colors of the horses are standing out and they're you have like white ones in there you have dark ones you have some really red ones and or chestnut ones i should say um but man <laughs> But some of those horses are are quite beautiful um, totally from a like confirmation perspective from the sport i did i would <laughs> i would love to ride any of those horses in that shot <laughs> i believe it so john's riding along and he, rickon is approaching running straight and they're both right you know going right for each other and we Zig keep yeah keep getting these shots where ramsey's loading up his bow and drawing it and loosing arrow after arrow and one is like a little bit off one next it's arrow like, is a little closer it's, it's like ramsey knows millions of people are watching right now yeah <laughs> he's like i'm just gonna toy with him and get closer and closer each shot uh, and then there's this one where he cocks the arrow back and launches it and the music is sort of swelling and swelling and it, it climaxes and the arrow misses him and it's like oh man they were totally faking us out thinking he was going to get nailed at that moment yep and then john is like reaching out with his arm and he's dangling off the horse to just grab rick on and swing him right onto the back of the horse with him when he scoops him up and then right as they're about to meet the arrow just punctures right through rick on's chest and oh uh, it was such a cheap yeah. shot like such a, a low blow for 
for production wise because that's the one time that they didn't show Ramsey loading up that arrow. <laughs> every shot, every other shot he took at Rickon, we saw him load and fire the arrow. But this one, they just surprised us with the arrow coming right through him. And I was like, fuck you, you bastards. What would have Ramsey done if like John didn't run out there? Oh, man. I mean, would I mean, he would eventually got out of range. <laughs> I guess he did. Like if yeah. he kept running. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe he would have let him go. Like Sansa was like, we'll never get Rick on back. It's like, damn it. I really thought John was going to run out for him. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. That up. That's true. He probably did try to bait John like that. If he would have listened to Sansa's advice, he would have stayed. Yep. Yeah, they would have got Rick on back probably, or you know, possibly. That's true. Like you said, let's play. A g- I think Ramsey would have killed him. Like either way. I think he would have waited until because mm-hmm. Ramsey's like we know that he's an experienced bowman, so he knows his range. And he's a hell of a tactician. Yeah, and this is what he does. He knows just before that Rick on's going to get out of range. Yeah. Which would have then sent John probably into a rage, and and this is what he does too. He hunts people, you know. I guess John running out there in the beginning is just a bonus because he's like, no matter what, I'm going to kill this kid and make them charge first. Oh, look, John came out first, too. Wow, this is even better than I thought. Even (laughs) better. It's cool that uh, because one of the first scenes we see with Ramsey is him hunting Theon like this from a distance with a bow. So right off the bat, we know that Ramsey loves doing this and it all culminates with him pulling off this kind of hunt right in front of John on the Winterfell grounds. Basically, it's nuts. Oh, it's so brutal, man. And then John stops the horse right above Rickon as he, and as he comes to stop, Rickon is sort of twitching on the ground and, and gives his last breath and stops moving. And John is just devastated. And, oh man, it's, he's just like, he, he, his gaze. He's really on the horse in that scene, yeah. in that moment. He's oh, yeah. really moving that horse around for sure. Definitely. And yeah. his gaze just slowly raises uh. from Rickon to Ramsay and Ramsay's just grinning at him. And there's fucking epic stare down at this moment too. And, um, it sort of keeps cutting back between the armies and Tormund's watching and everybody's watching John's reaction. And I think everybody knows that John is just going to go headlong into the fight at this point so fucked up man and Tormund sees it coming he's just like don't don't do it you know mm, <laughs> and knows. his eyes he's just he just knows yeah he knows what John that John just yeah like can't handle it right from the strategy meeting we know John is supposed to ra- wait let Ramsey come to them but he's about to do exactly what Ramsey wants which is to draw them in so that they can surround them basically do you think if he would have started to just stay there or started to turn back I mean, obviously, he hit Rick on at that range. You think Ramsey would have tried to get John with an arrow? Oh yeah, totally. So, so Tormund knows that John's going to charge. Ramsey is like, you know, basically like, "Come and see, bastard!" You know, like, "Come on, John." Davos is like, "Oh man, I see him about to charge," and John just is like, "Fucking!" Just charges his horse, his horse forward. And it just starts galloping forwards and Ramsey signals for his, his bowman to draw and they send a massive volley of arrows flying at John and they, the first one we see as he gallops off into the distance, they all land and they, a bunch of them 
penetrate Rickon's dead body as it's lying oh, there. And he's so like, awful. Ugh, ugh, and like gets jostled around by these arrows, nailing his body as John is riding like off shoots out of his mouth and it, everything. It gives oh, a visual so of how gnarly. close together these arrows are falling. Yeah, like like every square foot there's an arrow basically. And John survives them. Yeah, exactly. Twice. <laughs> Three times. <laughs> Yeah, and so um, Davos sees John charging, and he's like, "Fuck, fuck! Prepare to charge!" You know, and commands the army to prepare to charge because they're not going to let their their leader just go off and get slaughtered. Basically, they have to go. And as fucked up as it is, and as many lives as it's going to cost, they something that just they just have to do. Basically, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh God damn it! So they charge, and it cuts back to John, and and he's riding, and he's just so mad, and. Ramsey signals for them to loose another volley of arrows and this time they hit John's horse and he comes jumping off the front of it and rolls onto the ground and he sort of gets up and at this point Ramsey signals for the cavalry to ride god damn yeah, and so Karstark gives the command for the cavalry to charge and as John stands he looks up and sees just a wall, a tidal wave, a tsunami of of horsemen charging at him with their blades drawn and the density. Like, there's so many layers of them, just rows and rows. You can't see past them. It's just a solid wave of power, like you said, Rachel. Just these horses riding at him. And it, it, it goes into slow motion. And, like, come on, guys. This is, like, probably the best moment of the entire show right here. It's, oh, yeah, definitely. It's unbelievable. You know? I, and, I have goosebumps thinking about it. And I read up on it. None of it's CG. Oh, it's so <laughs> Oh, my amazing. God. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. That's why it looks so fucking epic. Yeah. That's why. Yeah, totally. And he, John's in focus, and the and the riders are blurred a little bit. And it cuts to a shot from the front of John, and it shows the look on his face as he so sees what's happening and realizes that the end is near, probably. That he fell into Ramsey's trap. Yeah, yeah. And he, he closes his eyes and finds his center and comes to grips with the situation. And then he reaches down and unbuckles his belt and draws long claw and we it cuts to that shot from behind him and we can see those blurred horses just their legs crawling and scrambling and in the distance getting closer and closer and he tosses his sheath to the side and grips long claw with two hands and he gets in a baseball stance almost holding the sword the horses are getting closer and closer and there you can see the sun glinting off of the blades coming at him dirt flying everywhere under their feet as they're charging and right as they're about to hit him he draws back his hands like he's gonna swing that sword and right at the last second a camera shot cuts to the side and from both sides horses just clashing and intermingling from both directions full speed just passing one another and it's just total insanity and yeah. oh my god, the, the chaos. It's chaos. Yeah. yeah, the battle carnage in this scene is unlike anything I've ever seen. The density of madness that is occurring everywhere. Horses just flipping and flying and people flying through the air and just limbs flying around and bodies contorting blood, and blood. spattering everywhere, mud flying in everybody's faces. Yeah. Horses flopping collisions. around and yeah, collisions. <sighs> 
Like, how do you tell who you're killing? Everybody's right. dressed in Everything's northern wear. so fast. <laughs> Have you guys ever seen anything like this other than Hard There's home? never been anything like no, this I mean, on television. Right. Braveheart, things like none of them hold a candle to Nothing this. Or anything it's never been like from like the first person view. It's like you, the audience, are in the battle with the armies. Like it's yeah. not from an aerial and shot or occasional like pop in and pop out. Most of it's done like first person like you're fighting and watching this there's a couple of them at the very beginning of the seasons of like vikings that they've done a pretty good job like close to this but not on this scale yeah this is nuts the way they did this is by shooting multiple layers of action and then compiling them into single shots so it it with without adding danger to the riders or the stuntmen they're multiplying the number of people on screen at any given moment and artificially increasing the density of the battle to the point where it's just insane. And everything, they've chosen the, the shots so perfectly that everything seamlessly intermingles and passes each passes through each other and everything without um, like crossing paths. Everything has its own space and nothing ever like overlaps into the space of something else is essentially what I'm trying to say. So they've Damn. successfully done it. Like that's they'll, cool. oh my god, you know that's I mean? insane! Like they could, there could be one shot with John just doing his thing, and then they've added in like they've replicated the camera movement, and then had other things happening in the background of those shots, and they've combined them all together. I think because they, like, there's certain behind the scenes things that they've done um, where like they they showed sort of the making of this kind of stuff, and they're just there's just all these new layers of stuff that they'd added in, added in and everything and. Yeah, that that thing I was reading about saying that that the the shot of them riding on is not CG. It was saying something like they had uh, five hundred plus extras, six hundred crewmen. Oh no, yeah, that, there's no CG in that. That's that's all just as it is. But, but I mean, if they're doing what you said they did, that makes more sense. So like, they could take a lot of those extras, dress them up as Knights of the Veil, take a lot of these extras and dress them up like if they're doing it compartmentalized like that. Because I was thinking five hundred, that looks like way more than five hundred people in this. If you add all these people up, right, right, right. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. They can multiply. Um, like they, they've, they've. There's other examples of times that they've done this on the show too, where they'll take like a segment of a crowd of people and then just copy and paste it essentially over and over, and it artificially expands the crowd to like massive sizes. Yeah, um, something The Walking Dead does a lot too. Like in Danny's Misa moment. Yeah, I'm sure they did it there, there as well. Um, yeah. Oh my God. Just the carnage here is unsurpassed here. Like hard home was amazing, but this is even more intense, like more action packed than hard home. This is like what a true medieval battle should look like. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Cause hard home felt way more situational. Like it was like storyline compartmentalized where this is just nuts. Yeah, totally. So the, the two groups of fighters cavalry clash in the middle here and then both armies cock back their arrows again to fire. And this shows you the different regard um, in which each of these leadership groups holds their yep. men, right? Stark contrast. Yeah, and stark contrast. <laughs> Good one. Uh, outside of Winterfell. And Davos <laughs> is like, we, we can't fire. We'll kill our own men. And it cuts to Ramsay immediately, who's just like, loose. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Yep. Yeah, and they fire these volleys of arrows and they are just taken out it like the density of these arrows again, like you were saying, Rachel, it, like showing just so how close. close they are to each other. They're taking out everybody. And every time Jon Snow is just, they just fly right past him and go all around him and don't hit him. <laughs> and it is amazing. And 
so Ramsey is just killing, he's killing everybody. He's killing John's fighters. He's killing his own fighters indiscriminately. It's a very like empire style move. You know what I mean, Johnny? Yeah. Like, yep. Yeah. I could very yeah, easily definitely. see like, you know, this is like dark side type stuff. Yeah. They have no regard for, uh, I used to, of course, bad side tangent. I used to read the, uh, the legends books, like, like, I mean, whenever they talk about the Sith wars back when the Sith was an army and not just two people like that's they they had no regard for their their troops. Yeah, that's the same thing. Sounds that about imperialistic right. mentality. Yeah, I mean that really goes back to you know even you look at like you were just talking about you know uh, the independence from like the British Empire and stuff like that. I mean every like great empire has really never had any regard for their their ground troops. Right, right. Yeah, it's pretty hardcore, man. So we definitely see that from Ramsey big time as he's just slaughtering countless numbers of his own soldiers here. And arrows are just raining down from the sky all around Which I think John. is a huge reason why those bodies pile up so fast. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's not just one side dying. It's like there have been historical references in um, that bodies do pile up like this yeah. on med- medieval battlefields, yeah. which I thought was great to tie into this. And it gave it a really claustrophobic feel. So intense, man. And it, oh my God, dude. Like, yeah, we've just never seen that in anything else to this degree where these mountains of bodies are piling up like 10 feet to like, you can't even see over them. I mean, we have cavalry, we have combat, we have archery, we have freaking piles of dead bodies to maneuver around. It's yeah. unreal i mean it's a lot to take in yeah it's it's oh my god and there's a giant running around <laughs> yeah <laughs> don't forget that <laughs> yeah. so um all of this chaos is going on in the battle and john is like in the thick of it just swinging his sword like he turns and swings and knocks this one guy off of a horse which oh, is crazy yeah. and so I, badass it was so badass unfortunately like the physics don't quite line up <laughs> like uh, that no. guy reverses off the horse it's obviously like a wire stunt but it's it looks really cool you know yeah um, i think his sword would have sliced straight through him and not thrown him yeah i mean yeah that would make sense huh especially being valyrian steel unless That's he true. hit him That's with true. the flat side of the it flat, because yeah. he was just like flinging his sword chaotically mm-hmm. But it's uh, in which case, like it probably would have been like a, you know, like a, like a equal collision where they both stop at the same place. It wouldn't have flown him seven feet backwards. Backwards. Yeah. (laughs) On a horse that's going 25 miles forward, an hour forward. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's kind of funny, but you know, it's really cool looking. So I'll, I'll, you know, I'll let it slide. You'll you'll let it slide. Yeah. And then uh, this John and this guy, like team up and take out this guy right and then john's like giving him commands he's like you gotta get word to and then bam he just gets an arrow right in the face right in front of john and this is not cool john is like really upset by this he watches the guy fall and he looks back up and he just becomes furious and just starts taking down dude after dude after dude who do you think he was gonna want to get word to um i don't know i was wondering the night's watchman um, or like some of the other houses. I mean, like who's he trying to get word to? Or maybe just somebody back in his ranks, somebody else. Or to Sansa. Oh, Sansa. Yeah, yeah. Get, get out of here. You need to oh, go now. Probably. You're gonna escape. Now's the time to go. Yeah, probably to Sansa. Oh, that makes total Good call. sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Good call, Johnny. Yeah. Cause she doesn't he doesn't know that she's right there <laughs> <laughs> yeah. with little finger. 
<laughs> right. Yeah. She's pretty close. Oh, let's wait a little longer. He's still in there. I yeah, think they he's just, still alive. Oh, they just waited a couple hours, man. <laughs> but the, this is insane. Like guys are getting run over by horses. At one point, John is standing there and he's distracted by one guy and you see like a horseman riding up from behind him with his axe drawn. And then he just gets sideswiped by another guy on a horse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. Extreme Lansing. Yeah, yeah. And that horse just tackles that other horse basically. And uh, Ramsey's just sending more volleys of arrows through over that like over and over and over. Oh my God. Yeah, like the way the arrows, they keep landing like periodically, like just it looks so cool. Like in oh, the shot, yeah. like you, your eyes can't just focus on it. Like I watched it again, like four or five times in one week. And I right, still saw right. something new every time I watched it. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I love the guy. Have we gotten to the guy? Um, no, we haven't gotten to it yet. So I think I'll hold off the, okay. the, hor- <laughs> the headless horseman. Oh, I missed that. I didn't even see that. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I missed it entirely. That's great. That's a cool little homage to throw in there. Yeah, definitely. Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, he's with, I think he's standing next to Tormund and Tormund like picks him up and they turn around and there's a, a, a horse running and the body on the horse is headless. That's awesome. Huh. Yeah. yeah, I missed that one. You did? Oh my gosh, yeah. I need to go. <laughs> I missed that. I have to go back and look at that. Now. Johnny, how many times have you watched this in the past week? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no four excuses. times apparently. No. <laughs> four Better more times watch it a we'll... fifth. I know, right? <laughs> so this is just crazy. At this point, the bodies are really forming mountains and uh, like, wow, like mountains, a chain of mountains. Like there's a whole like, like it's not just one single pile. You know what I mean? It's like a, like a, a wave that's just stopped in place of bodies like yeah, giant it's, dunes it's and, insane uh, and all the like the guts and blood yeah out. oh my god we get this epic shot that's the cam the camera's lifting upwards giving us a vantage shot of all the the mountains of bodies and the, all these groups of fighters struggling on top of the mounds and climbing and falling and just little clusters of all these people And uh, the group of soldiers that Davos is with is still in the back, like way behind at this point. And he's like, fuck, like, this is just useless. He's like, we got to go. And like, come on. And he calls for everybody to follow him and unsheaths his sword. And then there's just a wave of wildlings. And (laughs) (laughs) it's so good, man. So epic, right? Yeah. So good. And then like, again, like the, the sunlight gleaming off of all their blades as we get this side shot of them all running together, Davos leading the charge. And so now Ramsey sees their men, their infantry men starting to charge and he signals to the small John Umber that it's time for them to, to roll out, to go forth. And he gives his William Wallace knockoff speech. Oh yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Who owns the North? <laughs> yeah. Freedom! <laughs> um, so, Small John and his men charge into the fight and, and meet Davos and his men just about at the halfway mark where these big mountains of bodies are still building. And the fighting is all occurring around, like all around these, these stacks of bodies and on top of the stacks and everything. It's just crazy. Epic, and man. So epic. Like- it's it's hard to describe. Like going into this episode, I was thinking, man, how are we gonna like go through all? Of this? There's just like so much going on. Like I know, missing right? the headless horseman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yes, 
and it's chaos, just fighting going on. Even all more around chaos. The mountains. Yeah, even more chaos added. And, and all amidst all this madness, John ends up running into Tormund. Um, he's about to be like killed, and Tormund saves John and uh, stabs this guy who's about to take him out and pulls him back to his feet. And he's like, hey! <laughs> and they're like reunited in the battle. Oh, man, I thought that was good. John, is he knows that like his men have caught up with him, you know, at this point. Yeah. Um, like the infantry men. And so he's got a friend close by and one, one arrives with the wildlings as well. If I were in that battle, I would stay by the giant. <laughs> yeah. Probably not a bad idea. Everybody would be aiming at him and not even looking at you. So one, one is, he's charging along with them and he's there fighting. And all of a sudden, um, small John and his men are like surrounding all of the fighters and kind of like pinning them against the, um, the dead, body the dead bodies. Yeah. They're like, they're forming like what looks like a Greek phalanx basically in a semicircle, cutting them off and pinning them against the, the body mountains. And are you guys familiar with the phalanx, the Greek phalanx? I'm not. It's basically, if you've seen the movie 300, it's what they do in that to create their barrier at the pass of the, the, at the, the mouth of the pass of Thermopylae, where they, they interlock their shields. And remember when Leonidas is talking with that cripple guy, that, that deformed guy, and he's like, can you hold your shield up, up from your shoulder to your knee? You know? Oh yeah. yeah okay. you, oh, I have not seen 300. Oh, it's a great movie. Totally really historically good. inaccurate, but <laughs> yeah, but really good, really oh, awesome. good nonetheless. And so they they hold their shields at the same height. They interlock them, and then they have um, spears coming through basically holes and holes in the shields, and it creates like a an impenetrable wall basically. And as long as you can maintain the the integrity of your phalanx, nothing can get through. If you if they break through the phalanx, then then it's like you know it's not good basically. Yeah. So, so it's a really awesome military, really effective military tactic that the Spartans used to use. And this is kind of a cool historical reference that they threw in here, like throwing some old Greek military tactics into this battle. That's so awesome. Yeah, which I liked a lot. So they're kind of all trapped there. And one one is pointing at all these spear guys with the spears coming from between the shields. And uh, they start enclosing, basically. And... The, the shields like and like move forward and the spears are like like jabbing forth and pushing everybody back Broken people yeah and just taking out layer and layer layer by layer of the wildlings and the and then we get like an fighters. aerial shot that looks down and you kind of see everybody yes. realizing what's going to happen so they're like <laughs> squeezing all together yeah Tormund is like freaking out he tries to attack and gets sliced a little bit and they all start like backing together and uh just it's getting tighter and tighter in there. One one's trying to like swipe the spears away. Yeah, and- yeah, it's pretty. And like, what the fuck? Okay, you know you're going into into war. You have a giant. The giant one one. He doesn't even have a weapon. He doesn't have a bow. He doesn't have a giant sword. He doesn't have like anything. If they knew That's they were going true. to fight, they should have given him a fucking sword like 20 feet long. He could have <laughs> yeah, gone... just start mowing that circle down. Yeah. What the fuck? I didn't even realize that. He could have been taking out 15, 20 people per swing if he had a giant sword. 
Oh my God. And he goes in there defenseless and he's like, he's getting jabbed by all these spears and he's just got to try to swipe them away with his hands. So horrible, man. Just so horrible. I wonder why he doesn't have a weapon. I don't know. It's probably just, <laughs> it probably just cause it would have turned into a slaughter. <laughs> you know, they needed, to, they needed <laughs> to give him a handicap or something. I was, that's what I was kind of thinking. <laughs> <laughs> just to make it more entertaining. Otherwise it could have, you know, he could have just taken out so many guys, but then again, they could have just bombarded him with like bazillions of arrows to counteract his strength and brute force. But either way, like I want to see that giant sword basically, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. I do too. Awesome. Yeah. So we get this amazing overhead shot, like you're saying, and we see like the structure that they've formed with this, sh- all these shields creating this wall that's just impenetrable and it's just it's just enclosing tighter and tighter and tighter pushing them into all into a closer and closer space and Tormund looks back and sees that men are starting to try to escape by climbing over the mountain behind them but oh small john umber comes over the top of the mountain with his crew and now they're getting attacked from all sides oh my god all so intense sides. it's so claustrophobic so claustrophobic. It's like no way out, man. I know. It's like, um, you're going to like this, Johnny. Remember the garbage compactor scene from Star Wars? Yes. Yeah, yeah like just closing on you. How the walls are just coming in and getting closer and closer. <laughs> it's yeah. like the shield wall getting closer and closer. Oh, man, so great. And so um, there, it's like almost like that, like Indiana Jones too. Similar thing with the ceiling coming down with the spikes. I love those scenes like that. Yeah. So I hate them. I get super claustrophobic <laughs> watching them. Yeah. I get all squirmy. And I love them because I hate them. You know, it's that's yeah, it's so good. So Tormund's like, fuck this, follow me, come on. And they start moving back towards the shield towards the uh, body mountain, basically, to try to fight the small John because it's just easier, I guess. They have more of a chance fighting their yeah, way out yeah, up exactly. on the bodies than they do against those shields. Totally. Yep. And yep. so during all of this madness here, this is when John gets pushed to the ground and like he gets knocked over. Bad mosh pit. Yeah, it's like a mosh pit and he's just kind of getting trampled. And throughout this scene, I'm just thinking that this is like easily the most visceral battle scene of all time. Like the only thing that comes close in terms of like visceralness is saving Private Ryan, I would say. Yeah, but even then, it, that's done in such a slow pace. Right. Like, it's just I mean, like that one shot where the guy's face gets blown off right in front right. of, you know. Yeah. That, and then the other guy's picking his arm up. Like, it's a lot of those kind of shots put together. But this is just all of it. And like, bam, 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 bam. You know? Yeah. It's so intense, man. And all these bodies are just piling up on top of John as he's getting trampled. And the traffic is moving over him. And he's struggling to try to find his footing. And there's just so many people above him that it's like he's he's only getting little glimpses of light at this point. Like the density on top is just so high that there's just little bits of sky that he can see through all these swarming and squirming and twisting bodies above him. And he starts gasping for breath from all the pressure of the weight of all these people above him. Oh my God, it's so intense. Yeah, my chest was like tensing up when I was watching. I was like, (gasps) yeah. (gasps) Oh my God. First time watching this, I was like, he might die again. He might literally (laughs) die again, like Melisandre said. Uh, Maybe the Lord of Light just brought you back to die again at this battle. (laughs) Who would do that? And George is doing that to us right now. 
And so John is just like he's struggling to try to just get his get his footing to give you himself can hear a chance. Him just like sobbing, almost like just yeah. sucking in as much as he can. Just yeah, just struggling to breathe from all that weight above him. All that you know, it's just so nuts, and it's like it's almost blacked out, and his his lungs are almost empty, and he just finally is able to just get onto his feet and just work his way up in between some of these people. And he's crawling upwards and crawling up and he gets his way up to the top. And as he's reaching the surface of the, of the, the horde, you, you were, we're seeing him <gasps> gasping for breath. And he reaches out over the shoulders of the people around him and pulls himself up. So he's, he's slightly elevated above the rest of the crowd, which is just kind of cool. That's the, the aesthetics of that. But he just like, <gasps> looks upwards yeah. breathing and just in takes a just deep a giant breath. sigh of relief for just a second in the middle of all this yeah just and it, like at this point it's all the it's like most of these people are his people and they're just being so tightly compacted like there isn't a lot of like combat immediately surrounding him at this moment it's just like a mosh like a tight crowd and he yep. it's like this moment of just like a breath where he takes this big breath and we get this overhead shot where he's looking upwards at the camera and his white face is like is surrounded by just a mass of black hair and black leather all around him and is just like a speck in the middle of this swarm. And it pans out and it mirrors so much Danny's moment. Exactly. With her Misa moment. Perfect and parallel. I loved it because with Danny's moment, it's her becoming like a ruler of her people and actually becoming a queen instead of a conqueror. Mm -hmm. And here John's moment starts his arc as becoming king in the north yeah learning earning the respect of his people by fighting for them and uh, yeah, exactly. showing his worth. yeah and each of you know our ice and fire each get a moment like this where it's like a big transformational moment like and the saying. color the color of each scene like we get that saturated kind of grayish uh color with john and danny's in, in the desert and it's desert red so you get like red. a icy and a fiery yeah juxt juxtaposition with even just the coloring of the of the scene and the scenery around them yeah and there i've seen like side by side shots where they have you know one side is danny surrounded being carried by the the uh, the people of yunkai or astapor and then one of, which one is it yunkai or astapor astapor i think right where they get the slaves? Yes, yes. I can't remember. <laughs> I think so. It's Astapor. Cool. Yeah, and then John on the other side, and it's like the same shot, and it's just so well done. Like these are the two central figures of the story, and they're they have so many events that just mirror each other throughout the whole thing. It's it's really really great writing and excellently done. And so it turns beautiful. out that this shot here, that this whole scene was sort of ad libbed. The, the, it was really muddy this time of year when they were trying to shoot this and they couldn't do some of the stunts that they wanted to do. And I think Dave and Dan had the idea to basically create this, this pig pile and have John like almost be crushed to death underneath it. So they figured out how to do it on the spot, made it happen. And it turns out to be like one of the most iconic moments of the episode. And also um, by, by coincidence, perfectly mirrors and parallels that scene with Danny Um at the Mesa scene as well. So it's just like, like kind of like a happy accident. It's meant to be. Yeah. Meant to be perfectly. And uh, yeah, just beautiful. And so intense as just like, you know, the sound kind of fades out and the music is playing and we get this slow motion of the, of the fight raging all around as John is just gasping for breath, looking up into the sky. And so 
one one gets stabbed a little bit by a spear and like rips it out and Tormund is being attacked by the small John and uh, all of our heroes are in danger and Tormund is like being repeatedly headbutted <laughs> and uh, Davos and Jon Snow are both they they see each other and make eye contact they're like we're fucked everything is just going bad like they're surrounded they're losing the, the giant is is surrounded and he's like on the you know on the verge of being taken down Tormund who's like an icon and symbol of power and ferocity is being outpowered getting his ass kicked yeah and it's it's just like everything is falling to shit right now. At, right at this moment, it seems like it's over. That like they've lost. All is lost. All is lost, and it's just yeah. horrible. And then all of a sudden, in the distance, we hear a horn begin to to sound, and people start looking to see what's going on. And the small John stops headbutting Tormund for a second and turns to look. And it's Tormund's moment. He he, Rick Grimes as him. Yeah. He freaking just. <laughs> takes his jugular out yeah he yep, bites his yep. throat out and just rips it and he just blood is just squirting everywhere uh, claimed yeah claimed yep the joe and the claimers yeah exactly from season like six of the walking dead or some season five season four something like that yeah yeah rick just bites that guy's throat out so good and uh so yeah he bites his bites the small john's throat out and then pulls out a dagger and just starts <laughs> just just gherking him with it Oh, oh my shanking. god! And uh, Small John, Small John's scream was so epic as he ripped, got his neck ripped out. Oh yeah, totally epic. Ugh. I like as much as I as the character is despicable and despisable. I really like that actor and like the Me way he portrays too. He's, he's super cool. <laughs> he's perfect for the part. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, the great John was good too. Yes, he was. <laughs> that meat is bloody tough. <laughs> the meat is bloody tough. Yeah. So all of a sudden we see from around the corner, a giant group of cavalry horsemen with bright banners with Aaron sigil on it. The Knights of the Vale. Knights of the Vale are here. Finally. Yeah. (laughs) Finally showing up to a fight. Six seasons in. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, they wouldn't fight for House Stark when they first asked for it. When Liza Aaron, um, you know, turned him down, but Littlefinger brings him in to fight for Stark. Littlefinger doing something good for once. Man, like uh, uh, all the horrible shit that Littlefinger has done, all of the bad stuff led him to do this one good thing, at least. Yeah, at you least. Know, put him in a position to be able to carry out this one good thing. So this is like, you know, at least this one good thing happened, I guess. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty funny. <laughs> so it cuts to Baelish and Sansa sitting on horseback, like, haha, like kind of like we're here, you know? And I'm like, God Damn, it's like it's last minute arrival, just like Stannis north of the wall when they pincer attack the wildlings. And Sansa's smiling as the Knights of the Vale ride in. And I'm like I said earlier, she's like positioned herself to be the savior here, but totally like risked John's life to do it. And it's fucked up. Like it's messed, it's kind of messed up, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. By this point, John, after he emerges from this clusterfuck, is just covered with grime. Like his face mm. is just like. Like just mashed up with blood he's and dirt. He's n- not human anymore in this moment. He's like an animal. Yeah, it's like it's like being covered in mud and, and predator or something. You mentioned predator <laughs> earlier, Johnny, with the the forearm grab, the hands, <laughs> forearm the handshake. Hand right? Yeah, so he's just covered with grime, 
and he uh, he climbs up to the top of the the body mount mountain, and we get a view of the cavalry, the Knights of the Veil, vale, just encircling around the whole shield wall that the Boltons have created, just tearing it down, tearing it down. <laughs> and first, they just penetrate right through it, just whack, like ride full speed right through these these guys with the spears and the spears and the shields. Yeah, there's no defense from the back of it, man. They're yeah. all facing in. Yeah, it's like Castle Black. Like, they've got, got the wall on one side, but nothing on the other side. So, yep. yeah, they just ride right through from the back. And this shot from the side where it shows them riding around the shield wall and just taking out the whole thing, it it reminded me of roller derby or something. <laughs> They're just like... <laughs> uh, I could see that. Just, like, flying around the curve and just, like, crushing Bowling. everything in sight. Yeah, so cool. <laughs> And so John climbs up to the top of the bodies and sees Ramsey. And this yeah. is that moment that you like, Johnny, where Ramsey yeah. is just like, I cannot believe this is happening. Like, what the fuck? And the stare down, that WWF look of death between the two. And Ramsey is like, he's like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. <laughs> the tide We're is turned. He's like, we got to get behind the walls of Winterfell at this point. And he totally like he, the first time in the series we've seen him do something cowardly basically he he entered the fr- he, like he went into the kennels and yara was in there shirtless to fight in a sword fight you know what i mean like he's not a wimp like a wuss but here he is yeah. he it, things are bad enough now the tides have has turned drastically enough where he's like i gotta get the fuck out of here so he retreats to within the walls of winterfell and John is just like he, you know, Tormund and one one come up beside John, and he yep. looks at both of them and he's like, "Let's fucking roll. we're going Let's do it, wreck shop, <laughs> yeah." Three and musketeers. I love this. They fucking run off together, one one lumbering, and it's sort of remindful of of Hard Home. Remember that one shot at Hard Home, Rachel, where it's like yeah. looking upwards and we see all of them running along. We don't get yep. that same shot here, but we see them all running together again. It's the same vibe. Same vibe, yeah. totally, totally same vibe. And uh, we get a shot from from Sansa's vantage point. And John is just booking it. And I was thinking at this moment, he's hauling, hauling ass. ass. And he, the way he was running was very remindful to me of the way that Sean Bean walks. Um, he's a oh, very, yeah. very kind of like dis- lumbery. Yeah. Yeah. Like kind of like side to side, like he's got a very distinctive gait, Sean Bean. Like you could like, like he was in the Frankenstein Chronicles and shit. And like, I always just like noticed the way he walks is very unique. And the way that John is running here just sort of evoked that, in my mind. So I was like, damn, they really did like nail the casting here. <laughs> oh yeah. You no, know, pretty awesome. And, uh, so Sansa is watching like, what the fuck are they thinking? Or I don't know. What is she, what is this? What does the look on Sansa's face mean here? Do you think what's she thinking as she sees them running off? I think she's happy to see that he survived and that her plan worked. Okay. The good. Okay. What about you, Johnny? Yeah. Do you remember the look on her face? Yeah. That's the look I was describing earlier in the show. I just, I think, uh, it's, uh, it's more of a uh, we did it moment. I mean, I think she's happy that he's broke free. Like, oh, good, he made it. Mm-hmm. That's that's good. But at the same time, I think she's got that, like, I brought this to, you know, like, you should have included me, that kind of thing. Like, right, right. It's got a very smug kind of look to it. It's not just a, oh, great, he's fine. <sighs> yeah, I it's thought she looked like almost a, like a little angry or she's, like a little she's like. She's pleased yeah, with the outcome. Like, yeah, it's, okay, it's I guess he's worthy now. You know, like, I don't know. Like, 
baptism by blood. I don't know. It's or weird. you could take it her look the other way and she's disappointed because now she can't be Lady of Winterfell. Or she doesn't want to show too much to excitement that he made it in front of Baelish. Oh, that could be true as well. Yeah, it's true. hard to say. It's hard to say. So many different factors. Very yeah. ambiguous. Yeah, so yeah. then it cuts into Winterfell and we're in the courtyard and Ramsay and his guys ride in and dismount and they close the door and lock the like the big the big deadbolt thing. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that thing's gonna break. They show they do like a close-up shot of it like Yeah, locking. it's just like a two by four. Yeah, and I'm like, that thing's going down. He gets all cocky. Yeah, he's like, their army's gone. And <laughs> and somebody's like, Our uh, army's our gone, army's dude. Gone. He's like, Yeah, but we have Winterfell. They don't have the men for a siege. All we have to do is wait. And then all of a sudden, boom, something on the door. And it reminded me of this scene just a few episodes ago where Davos and some of the Night's Watchmen are, are barricaded into the room with Jon's corpse. And Alistair and the men start trying to knock down the door. Boom, boom, slam on oh, the door yeah, with an yeah. axe. And then all of a sudden, thud. We get a bang on the on the big castle black gate and it's the giant smashing in that door. So it goes from <laughs> from Alistair smashing in the door to somebody who's trapped in a little room to the giant smashing in the big door to where Alistair's trapped. Which is kind of funny. <laughs> so this is like reliving that moment kind of where like the giant smashing through the gate again, punches a hole through the door. Holy shit. Reach tries to reach in, and they start shooting his fingers. Yeah, they shoot right <laughs> in his hand with a bow, and oh, Johnny, man, that part how he how he gets that arrow out of his hand. Yeah, just like just drags his hand up and just, he just rips it through. Yeah, yeah. Oh, rips it right. Oh Fuck. man, fucking just ugh, talk about visceral. Yeah, that is gnarly stuff right there, and he just smashes through this 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 gate and just runs in and collapses onto his knees and i'm just thinking like oh my god no like i don't want to see one one die again i can't i can't you know one one and uh the crazy part though is that he gave his life to crack winterfell open and yep. what what do we keep hearing about winterfell is that 500 men could defend it against 5,000, right? Right. But if you and have a giant, giant, giant yeah, that giant cracks it open like an egg and Humpty Dumpty, you know, like all the King's men can't put that ship back together again as John's army comes pouring through. Oh my God. And all the arrows in him. He looks like a porcupine. Yeah, like a pin cushion. Yeah. <laughs> porcupine. It's, I hate to laugh, but know, it's like amazing. <laughs> It's like there's a hundred arrows in him. Yeah, it's, it's, he's like Hellraiser. Can you imagine what he's been feeling through all of that? I mean, I know adrenaline's slowing, but God. I know. I mean, every part of him's got to ache. Yeah, totally. And how thick is, is his, like, are his cloaks and his, you know, like, are those arrows actually puncturing him or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. He's, he's lumbering quite a bit, not just from being out of breath. I right. think a lot of those have made it through. Yeah, I bet you're right. It looks more like pelts than any type of armor. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. It's like furs and stuff. Yeah, I think they're getting through. So he drops to his knees and he's like, <sighs> you know, like very heavily, slowly breathing and just getting shot with even more arrows. Yeah. And they're just unloading on him and oh, like just more and more pincushioned porcupine city. And he just goes, 
<laughs> like oh lets God. out a big like scream, you know. <laughs> so epic. Yeah. And all of the 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 rest of John's army and the Knights of the Vale are just pouring in through the cracked gates of Winterfell and just slaughtering Ramsay's men, just filling the 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 all every space in Winterfell in this courtyard and all the alleyways and everything and just you know, mowing down all these Bolton men. And John walks up next to one, one and is just looking in awe at what the giant was like able to accomplish and what he's gone through and how he's still standing or kneeling at least. And it's just an amazing moment that all this is going on. And John is stopping to show his, like his respect and his appreciation for the last of the giants that we know of. And uh, it's so sad. I know. And one, one starts to turn to look at John and John reaches out his hand. Oh, just like a, like a glimmer of like, I just want to touch you. Yeah. Just to like, like, thank you. Like a connection. Like he's just showing his, you know, like, his appreciation and like trying to like, uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's almost like in wonder too. It's like yeah. sadness and wonder and, and gratefulness and gratefulness and, and wanting to lend a hand, like just to, to help. Yeah. Or to like, can I pull or, one out? And yeah, just, can I do anything? Yeah. Like he reaches out to, to make that connection. And then all of a sudden thunk yep, right in his eye. And he just drops, and it's so fucking sad. And it's Ramsey that kills him. Yeah, what a scumbag. And you know, he had a perfect time to shoot down John, but instead, he takes that time just to take one more thing away from somebody. Right. Like he knows he's defeated. So, I mean, even if, say, he did kill John, like shot an arrow through his head at that moment instead right. of one ones. I mean, that's going to hurt Sansa, but yeah. it's not right in front of Sansa. So he's like, oh, look at this connection moment they're happening right now. I can ruin I'm this. I'm going to ruin it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's sort of like, you know, like big game hunters, people like who, you know, like scumbags who like hunt or poachers who like, yeah, like who hunt endangered animals and shit like that. He killed the last giant. It's like, you're just, you're a scumbag basically. Yeah. And I killed a giant. You're that guy. Yeah. You're that guy. And then John looks over and is just like, what the fuck, basically. And, and of course, Ramsey has to, you know, hilariously bring back the suggestion of the, the single combat that yeah. John had challenged him to earlier. I've reconsidered. Yeah, I think that sounds like a wonderful idea. With this evil Frodo smile. Yeah. And I'm just wondering, all these Knights of the Vale and like wildling soldiers and everything that flooded through here and took out all the Boltons, how is Ramsey still standing there at all? And where is everybody right. else? There's nobody there at this point. I Everybody's just dead. gone. But I mean, there's like all of the friendly soldiers who are riding around and stuff. It's like, it's like the place is just like empty all of a sudden, or at least everybody's just watching the showdown between Ramsey and Jon Snow. And so Ramsey's like, this is a great, you know, it's a wonderful idea and cocks back an arrow and John drops his sword and grabs a shield like lightning fast. It's a Bear Island shield. Oh, really? Oh, what? Oh, yeah, That's yeah. awesome. I caught that from my 80 rewatches. Wow. Good, good <laughs> wow. catch. So sadly, one of the 62 at least has fallen. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking that's, a, that's a hell of a shield, though. Yeah. The way it takes <laughs> yeah. those arrows. And they made it all the way. Like they say the Bear Island men fight with the strength of 10 mainlanders. And whoever this was survived all the way to within the courtyard of Winterfell. So they are that's a fighter, true. whoever that was. 
man. And we don't even know that person's dead. They may have just dropped their short, their shield. That's um, true. So he grabs his shield, runs at him and, Ramsey starts shooting arrows at him one after the other and he's ducking and lifting the shield and catching the arrows and they're puncturing like a good eight inches through the shield, just missing his arm. And he has to be so strong to hold the shield out like that and still take that force of those arrows because Ramsey's in close range. Those arrows are coming in hot. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the, the kickback of that from the shield, I think like that, he's holding it strong. Yeah, since they puncture through, the, a lot of the force is probably lost but um, it still would be like a bang, bang every time, you know, um, and it it would be absorbing the momentum of slowing the arrow. Um, so, yeah, he just runs up on Ramsey and just whacks him right in the face with his shield. Right. Is that the first blow that he throws? Just pops him right in the face. Yes. Yep. And it's it's like Ramsey doesn't even fight back almost. Did you notice that? He just sort of sits there. Because well, he's a wimp. He kind of likes it. He has almost like a smirk on his face. It's sort of like Tyler Durden in Fight Club. You know, just kind like, of. You know, just oh, laying yeah. there like, ha, 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 laughing. You don't know where I've been, Lou. You know, <laughs> just letting him pound on him. You don't know where I've been, Lou. Oh, my God. <laughs> you don't know where I've been. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like smiling as as John is pummeling down on his face and just jackhammering him over and over again. He punches him a good like 20 times probably. And he eventually just rolls his head over to the side and he's smiling and he's fixated on something in the distance. And John realizes he's looking at something and turns his head and Sansa is standing there. And she's she's facing John. Ramsey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And John sort of just like stops punching him and and gets up and I love this because he knows away. that while he wants to like kill this guy with his own bare hands, he knows that Sansa has been tortured by him for so long. So it's kind of like this kill isn't his to take. He's going to give it to his sister. Yeah, I think his senses come back to him, too, in yeah, that moment. Yeah, right. He returns to reality. I also think he's like kind of mad at Sansa for holding out on him and showing up with an army and letting him almost die. So he kind of just walks away like in a fluster. And uh, so at this point, it, it's cutting to all these like happy moments as we're seeing the Bolton banners falling as being dropped from around the walls of Winterfell. Talk about goosebumps. Yeah, major. And Stark banners are unfurling and flowing down the walls. And Melisandre's mm. watching from the battlements. And I'm like, oh, this is like maybe one of her vision after the battle being up on the yep. battlements of Winterfell, Stark banners unrolling, and and Davos is staring at her, holding the statuette of the stag that he car- that he carved, just glaring. And Rickon's body gets carried into here, into mm, the courtyard. So sad. Yeah, and this is like another way that you can tell. I think that John is kind of pissed off at Sansa right now because he says, "We're going to bury my brother in the crypt next to my father." And like he says, my brother and my father, instead of saying like mm-hmm. our, our brother or our father. And I was just like, ooh, like he's a little prickly, it seems, right? <laughs> you know, at the moment. I was like, he seems like he's mad, you know? And he walks away. And uh, this is when Sansa stops him and asks where Ramsay is. Where is he? Yeah, where is he? And that's when it goes to that scene we talked about earlier where she gets, yep. to, gets her revenge, basically. Right. Yeah, so that wraps up my number one. Anything else you guys want to add about the battle or anything revo- about this scene? Uh, uh, 
I think that pretty much covered my notes because most of the stuff I was going to bring up, like uh, the bear shield and things like that, I was able to put in when you were talking about it. Nice. I just, this has to be. Oh, the end of House Bolton. Oh, yeah. Great point. Oh, it is the end of House Bolton. That's something we didn't talk about. A little part of the monologue that Sansa gives at the end of the episode as Ramsey is about to die. They have a little conversation that we didn't talk about before. Remember that? Yeah. Where where it starts off with the the Hannibal hello Sansa type thing. Yeah. I I found it interesting because he said like I'll always be with you or something. She carrying his baby. I think you might yeah. be onto something. You brought this up a few episodes back, Duncan, when she was talking to Baelish, and she said, "I still feel what he did. Um, you know, like not in my tender heart, but I can still feel what he did inside me." Yeah. And then he mentions it here too. Yeah. Well, we talked earlier about how there's no really way to nail down a timeline for this. And if he raped her weeks on end, months on end, that's just a freaking numbers game. I mean, yeah, it's, who knows, something's going to hit its mark. <laughs> yeah. And we can't really tell with the clothing she's wearing. She could be like, I mean, you know, I don't know. We, 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 we know that she doesn't seem too pregnant next season. We don't really know how much time has passed though. Um, but yeah, he's like, He's like, our time together is about to come to an end, Clarice. I mean, Sansa. <laughs> it's like, well, that's all right. You can't kill me. I'm part of you now. And that's what I was like. Oh, man. Like, is she pregnant? Like, yeah. You know, and this is when she I comes. Wonder. Yeah, you got to wonder. Or maybe he just means like that he'll, she'll be traumatized forever. <laughs> like, he'll always be in her mind, you know? Yeah, that's true. Either way, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, totally. Absolutely. And uh, this is, to um, to your point, Johnny, the end of House Bolton. She comes back at him strong and hard. She's like, your words will disappear. Your house will disappear. Your name will disappear. All memory of you will disappear. And that's the worst thing possible for a psychopath egomaniac. You know, and it's just like, oh, man, like that's, we lose, we lose House Bolton this season. We lose House Tyrell Next episode, or, or I guess Ty- House Tyrell, uh, we lose next season, I guess. Uh, the loot Train Battle episode, right? Yes. Yep. Or one of those episodes, um, right before the Loot Train, I guess. Because all the stuff from High Garden is the Loot Train. So, yeah, that's, that, that's, yeah, the end of House Bolton, man. How about that? That was good. Who rules? Who rules? <laughs> good riddance yeah finally finally man. so who's gonna get the dread fort maybe maybe Bron can get the dread fort <laughs> or maybe tormund yeah that'd be damn, cool damn yes yeah Bron can take high high t- um high garden yeah he deserves high garden yeah so i say Bron for high garden tormund for um the dread fort <laughs> fuck yeah yeah Definitely. So should we move on to notes? Sure. All right. Who wants to start? I think I only have one more note, actually. And it's just really? the, the conversation between the two sides of John and Ramsey and their posses. Oh, at their parley? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's the only note I have, too, is you're going to die tomorrow, Lord Bolton. Sleep well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, she gets so pissed off when he pulls out that dire wolf head, huh? 
Yeah. They both do. They look so sad. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty rough. So yeah, John and co ride up for the parley and John is, you know, he's pretty cool. Um, he's telling Sansa like, listen, you don't have to come. We're going to be meeting with Ramsey. Like you don't have to be here if you don't want to. And she's, she's a total G like, uh, like my point a few weeks ago. And she's like, yes, I do. I'm going to be there. I'm going to face him and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be strong. She needs to do that for herself. Yeah. And, and to show for him, for Ramsey as well. Like you don't intimidate me, like showing him that she's powerful and that she's, she doesn't need to hide from him, you know? So exactly. they roll up and the first thing Ramsey says, it pisses me off. My beloved wife. I missed, I missed you, you terribly. terribly. <laughs> yeah. So fucked up. Oh, he's a fucker. And then he thanks John. Thank you for returning Lady Bolton safely. Now dismount and kneel before me. Surrender your army and proclaim me the true Lord of Winterfell and Warden of the North. And I will pardon you for deserting the Night's Watch. I'll pardon these treasonous lords for betraying my house. Come, bastard. So yeah, during this conversation, right when, when Ramsay mentions the treasonous houses, it cuts over to Lady Lady Liana Mormont, who's just mean mugging Ramsey. And she She's him mean like, mugging him. Yeah, gives him those hardcore stare down. There's actually a meme. It says, I will forgive those treasonous houses. Uh, and then it shows her, uh, how about I forgive you for being a little bitch? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just yeah, shows yeah. the photo and oh, then it goes back up. Okay. That's great. <laughs> you like Lady Liana Mormont, Johnny? Oh, I love her, man. Like, she's my fave. She's so awesome. She's like in my top, at least my top 10 favorite characters of the yeah, show. Yeah, totally. We were just talking about how lovable she is, how she's like easily top five for, you know, like one of the most yeah. likable characters in the show. Top five most likable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Back to Ramsey. So <laughs> and, and, uh, he uh, he keeps calling him bastard, even in person, because he's doing it because he it was He's such been an one insult so for long yeah right he knew how like how hurtful it's it was and how, how it, it yeah it truly hurts when yeah. it's said and so it, being like the prick that he is he wants to inflict that pain onto somebody else and it's in a way that he knows he'll be able to do it you know and it's just uh it's a like just one another angle of his abusiveness you know it's just like ugh, he's such a tw- twat. it's just getting under john's skin yeah totally riling him up and uh, he's like, listen, there's no reason for a slaughter, no reason to have a battle. Just get off your horse and kneel. I'm a man of mercy. And I, I love John's response. He's like, you're right. There's no need for a battle. Thousands of men don't need a to battle. die. <laughs> yeah, ba- battle. <laughs> battle. <laughs> I, don't I don't remember exactly how he says it. Only one of us. Let's end this the old way. You against me. And I thought this was cool because the old way you guys remember that does that ring any bells for you um is it a book reference no well maybe but it's a show reference no pilot episode when bran is invited to go to the beheading of the night's watch deserter ned comes up to him afterwards and says you understand why i did it john said he was a deserter but do you understand why i had to kill him Oh, where's the old way? Oh, oh my goodness. The man who passes the sentence should swing the sword. And that's when Ned says, the man who passes the sentence should swing the sword. So the old way is what John says here. He says, let's end this the old way. You against me. Swing a sword. Yeah, it's referencing like these old traditions of the North, I guess, where it means like doing something yourself, mano y mano, 
getting your hands dirty. Um, so I thought that was really cool. Just a nice reference to um, bringing us full circle with how stark and like the old values of the North and of the how stark. I love it. Great catch. Thanks. So, and I was like, oh, he's going to get his wish in a little bit. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's after he fought a hundred guys you know, or even like 200 guys. And Ramsey's just sitting pretty in the back, conserving his strength. And John still kicked his ass. Yep. Yeah. It's what a badass he is. Yeah. And so Ramsey laughs. He like scoffs at the suggestion. And I thought this was really cool because we get an, an interesting perspective of something we haven't really can haven't like got, gained any perspective of until this point, um, the way that the North views John and, and yes. Ramsey says, he's like, I keep hearing stories about you bastard. The way people in the North talk about you, you're the greatest swordsman who ever walked. So apparently John has a reputation as a fighter. Word has gotten around that John's kicking ass. Yeah. North so that, of the wall. That's pretty awesome. Right. So yeah. it's said to me that the seeds are, are, already have already been planted for the king in the north development and that yep. they're already growing uh it's pretty awesome they already like him yeah he's already like uh like a revered figure kind of which will play in his <clears> favor <throat> and next episode we get the announcement we, he gets his king in the north his election he's, yep. he's anointed king in the north yeah it's so fucking awesome i can't wait for that and uh so he's like maybe you're that good maybe not i don't know if i'd beat you but I do know my army will beat yours. You know, it's like, I got 6,000 men. What do you got, motherfucker? Not even half that. <laughs> and John's like, you're right. You have the men. Yeah. And that's when he says that, that, that thing that, that was referenced earlier in Marine, right? But will your men want to fight for you when they hear you yeah. wouldn't fight for them? And I'm like, oh, zing. You know, like that was a pretty yeah. slick comeback really quick. Oh, he, he's good. Yeah, yeah, Ramsey. You can you can see Ramsey's pissed because he looks over at Sansa. Sansa and he's like, he's good and very yeah. good, and you can see he's points irritated. His at, he points his finger at him. Yeah, he's irritated, and he's like, oh, like he's he knows that John's like prodding him correctly, but he manages just manages to hold it in and uh, not freak out. Basically, yep. And he's like, tell me, will you let your little brother die because you're too proud to surrender? And this is another Parley talking about surrender, discussing terms of surrender. Second one in this episode, another parallel between Don, between John and Danny. Yep. Um, surrendering. Yeah. And for some reason, I think whenever, whenever you type surrender, it should always be all capitals. <laughs> <laughs> surrender, surrender, you know. So Sansa's like, well, how do we even know you have Rickon? And Ramsey just like deviously smiles like the Joker here. He's just like, <laughs> like so like cruelly and and like smirks. Talk about a face that looks like a bag of full of crushed up, up assholes. assholes. <laughs> yeah. We knew you were going to ask this. <laughs> yeah. He's all ready for that. He just like kind of nods at Umber. And uh, the small John pulls out Shaggy Dog's head and tosses it on the ground. And Ramsey starts talking again. But dead direwolf is just too much for Sansa. She's, she's fucking done with this at this point. She's just like, you know, like losing Lady is probably still fresh in her mind. She just all of these horrible, you know, like things like of everything that you could do. Killing the, the kids direwolves is like 
it's bad, you know, and that's it's just, like killing a part of themselves. Yeah. And that just, yep. it just rubs it in. It just makes, shows you like how Ramsey is just like even worse than, you know, I mean, he didn't kill Shaggy dog, but he's parading it around and everything like that. And so Sansa's just like had enough and she's just like, <laughs> Oh Doyle, I got a feeling your whole family's going down. She starts pulling her horse around and she's like, you're going to die tomorrow. Lord Bolton sleep. Well, sleep well, yeah such an epic like moment and she's just like i'm out of here and she rides off and um yeah this is you're right this is when john when ramsey talks about how like he's looking forward to getting her back into his bed and and feeding them to his dogs yeah they're ravenous they haven't fed them in seven days what'll they eat first your eyes your balls (laughs) <laughs> we'll find out soon enough so weird yeah your balls like why are you yeah. thinking about other guys balls dude yeah. that's weird he's, he's just weird man yeah maybe because he's he knows that that's something that guys would worry about losing the most so he says it just to like trigger oh, their worst yeah, fears I guess so <laughs> <laughs> like, just to like trigger their worst possible fears maybe but yeah, yeah. so he's like yeah, in the morning then bastard and rides off and John is just like oh like looks down at the dire wolf head again. He's just like, what the fuck? Oh, there's one other note from the conversation with John and Sansa talking about Ramsey and how she has information that he might like and that might provide him some insight. And she's, she's talking about him. He's, he, she's like, I know that he likes to, how he likes to hurt people and how you think he's going to fall into your trap and he's not. And she says, he's the one who lays traps. And I just thought that was so creepy. Yeah. And true. Like we know that's true. Like he, well, yeah. We, like I was saying earlier, I mean, he, he kills that giant cause that's one less, one more chance to hurt someone too. Yeah, to the, totally. It's so fuckery. Fucked up. fuckery. Fuck all the fuckery. Uh, so yeah, it looks like that's the end of my notes as well. Actually. Awesome. Cool overall comments for this uh, episode epic yeah. fucking epic yeah how does this rank in terms of like all-time greatest game of thrones episodes johnny you you talked about it a bit earlier yeah i i would say it's probably my favorite mm. yeah it's oh because my God, it's up there it's uh it's the one that whenever i like show somebody like the show like mm-hmm. that's never seen it because, I mean, by the time they get here, it's, oh, okay. Like, even if they remember, like, I've shown people this episode and they go back and start from the first one. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. I've never actually shown anybody anything from this episode, I don't think. I've shown people the the mountain and the viper scene. I've shown people the part where the mountain crushes the guy's head, the the, the drunken <laughs> the drunken guy talking about Cersei's shame walk and he just smashes it against the wall. Oh, I've, yeah. I've shown people parts of hard home. Yeah, this would be a good one, too. I think, what about you, um, Lady Rachel? How do you think this episode stacks up in terms of all-time greatest episodes? I want to say it's in my top two, maybe top three. Loot Train Battle for me was a mind-blown experience. Nice, nice. Um, Yeah, that's got brawn. Yeah, brawn. Fuck yeah, I would say it's... My, I would say maybe Loot Train episode and Battle of the Bastards episode, they, they might be tied for my favorite, just for different reasons. Nice. For me, this is up there as well. It's really, really hard for me to pick favorites in for anything, but I think that I may actually have a favorite episode of Game of Thrones, and um, I'm particularly excited because we're covering it next week. 
I think my oh. yes. my favorite episode, I think, is the Winds of Winter. Really? With the sept explosion. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's pretty oh cool. Oh, my God. Yeah. And just the music. Sept goes that, up like a ghost. The music. Yes. Oh, my God, the music. The light yeah. of the seven, you know, that, that I put it on scene. all the time. Yeah. It, uh, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to next week covering that. All right. Let's uh, take a little break. Stick with us, guys. We'll be right back in a few seconds. You're going to die tomorrow, Lord Bolton. Sleep well. And we're back with some Game of Thrones and history. Just a couple little things to cover that were historical references from this episode, like we mentioned throughout our coverage, was one was the Greek phalanx, where they used the ancient Greek tactic with the shield wall with the spears protruding through it, um, as we saw in 300. And then there's just uh, like the, the formation of the armies was sort of remindful of like a like a traditional war, basically, like the Mongols lined up in straight lines to fight <laughs> the Chinese, you know, the Revolutionary War. This is how wars were fought. You find a field, you line up your guys in straight lines and you, <laughs> and you go yep. at it, basically, which is pretty funny. And um, I, I also thought that like sort of having Jon Snow riding around in front of the army um, alone by himself sort of reminded me of George Washington a little bit. Which I got a little kick out of. He would. He was famous for riding around in front of his troops during the during the fight and encouraging them to continue fighting and to to not lose faith and everything. And nobody wanted to see George Washington die as he's running in front of them through the crossfire. So he would, when he would like ride past, they would they would look down and divert their eyes <laughs> you know, so they wouldn't see him get shot or something. Yeah, and then the other the other part was the uh, military maneuver that. Uh, John intended to use, but was foiled, and Ramsey actually used, which oh, the, is the uh, double, uh, double uh, implement or the pincer move, and it was successfully used by Hannibal against the Romans. Um, and uh, uh, it looks like I'm, I've looked it up here. Nice, good call, two, man. Two two sixteen BC. Kick so. ass. And who is Hannibal? Um, what, where, what kingdom was he from? Uh, he's uh, he used it against the Romans. Let's see. Military commander of Carthage. Yeah, there we go. Pulling it up at the same time. Nice. So he was a general and statesman from ancient Carthage. Oh, yeah. And if you go through his little profile, it talks about it right there. Uh, Kenny and 216. Is that how you'd say that? Um, That's the battle where he used it the first time he used it. Oh, can, can I? Can I? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So, that's pretty cool. Yeah, totally. Good catch, man. Really good call. I was unaware of that. Cool. You guys hear that? What was that? Call, call. Call. Princess Sarah of House Von Daltrin. It really occurred to me another reason I love this episode, aside from Ramsay's demise and the beauty of the fight. But in this episode, all the women are not letting the men tell them what to do. Tyrion tried to advise Danny, and she does her own thing. John tried to advise Melisandre to not bring him back, and she's like, nope, gotta do me, bro. And John tries to, and does, bypass Sansa's suggestion. But guess what? She followed her gut and came out on top. <laughs> love the shit out of this episode. I love that. <laughs> Such a great connection. Yeah. Sir Matthew of House Rep. 
So season six shows the extinction of both races, the children and the giants. It's truly sad. That's crazy. Yeah. I didn't even think that the children were extinct after that battle. They could be. Yeah. I mean, there may be more out there. As far as we there, know. But we, uh, yeah. You know, same with the giants. So all we knew of was one one. Um, yeah. I'm not really sure. Matthew goes on to say, I love the horn that announced the arrival of the Knights of the Vale. Ramsey's yeah. reaction was a mirror to Theon's when Ramsey was the one blowing the horn outside of Winterfell. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, that is a, that's a good catch. I never put that one together. Nice. I will kill that man. I swear to the drowned god, the old gods, the new gods, to every fucking god in every fucking heaven, I will kill that man. Theon, listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> that nice. is hilarious. Tyrion talking to Danny is uh, laying even more groundwork for the destruction uh, of the Sept of Baylor when he mentions the wildfire buried underneath King's Landing. Yep. Yep. Total foreshadowing. Talked there. about that earlier. Yeah. Uh, the battle in Marine was breathtaking. Seeing the, the dragons immolating the. The Navy, while the Dothraki wipes out the Sons of the Harpy, was so rewarding. Fuck yeah. Yes. Love that Dothraki part. It's like, come around the corner there. Oh my God. So it's cool. the oh. best. Lady Sarah of House Larkham, this episode was awesome and epic. I love the face-off before the battle with Ramsay, where we see Lady Mormont give Ramsay the best crazy stare-off. Yeah. Sansa giving mm. John how it's really going to be with Ramsay in the tent, that they won't be able to save Rickon, and Ramsay wants you to react and go first was good advice. I wish John would have listened to her. Yeah. It foreshadows her and John clashing about things in the first two episodes of, of season seven. When John and Ramsey were fighting one on one, it brought me straight back to the scene with Rob and Jamie. Jamie challenges Rob to a one on one duel to settle the matter. Oh, yeah. And Rob declines. That's yep. so true. Great catch. And before the battle, John says that we could settle this one-on-one -on -one and Ramsay declines. So the Lord of Winterfell declines in both cases. Yep. Oh, crazy. After the Knights of the Vale come in and rescue John and the others from the Bolton forces, John goes into the castle and begins to fight Ramsay. Once that bastard Ramsay kills one one, John goes into a trance and starts uh. to beat Ramsay until he sees Sansa. Yep and stops bam, because bam, of what he did bam. to her. Sansa <laughs> deserves to kill him. I Yeah, I got that too. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. He's, he may be mad at her, like Duncan said, but he knows that she deserves that closure. Yeah, agreed, 100%. That little smirk Sansa gave at the end when she walked away from Ramsay was the best thing I have seen in the show. <laughs> yes, the ghost smile. Yeah, definitely. Love it. Thank you for writing in. Mm-hmm. Sir Patrick of Hindsight, 1-1's fighting style. Takes him a while to think of the move we're all screaming at the screen for him to do for like 10 minutes. In quotes, if I were as big as you, I'd be king of the fucking world by now. Hodor was half giant confirmed. Who is that, Locke or somebody that says that to, uh, to Hodor? When no, it's um, the other guy, the one that... Kyle fucking Tana. No, it's um, the one that dribbles the water in front of ghosts while he's in the cage. Oh, Rast? 
Rast. Thank you. I was going to say Raz, but I knew that wasn't right. <laughs> Interesting. John does the same gasp as he does on the slab at Castle Black and the Red Woman, and when he comes out of the water in Beyond the Wall. Same gasp as Bran awakening from his coma. In its original sense, a shaggy dog story, or yarn, is an extremely long-winded anecdote characterized by extensive narration of typically irrelevant incidents and terminated by an anticlimax or pointless punchline. Shaggy dog stories play upon the audience's preconceptions of joke-telling. The audience listens to the story with certain expectations, which are either simply not met or met in some entirely unexpected manner. A lengthy shaggy dog story derives its humor from the fact that the joke teller held the attention of the listeners for, for a long time. Such jokes can take five minutes or more to tell for no reason at all, as the end resolution is essentially, essentially meaningless. <laughs> so that's like the, the joke about shaggy dog is like the whole Rickon plot and everything like that is just a giant shaggy dog story that ends in yep. nothing and was pointless. The it's whole really time. pointless story. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. I love it. Good job. I don't even think uh, Rickon has any speaking roles as an older version of himself. Yeah, he didn't say anything in his return. Inter no. Interestingly. Wow. Sadly. Yeah, brutal. Lord Brandon of House Ushery Hill. What I don't understand is why didn't they build a big ass bow catapult? The one like the one they used on the wildlings on the wall that could have taken out a half of could have taken half of Ramsey's forces down. I'm just saying. P.S. Why didn't you zigzag face palm? <laughs> zigzag, yeah, zigzag. He's, he's got like 10 face palm emojis. <laughs> face palm. Serpentine, motherfucker. <laughs> zigzag. <laughs> All right, that's our show, episode 101. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, yes. thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you so much, Archmaester Stitches, for joining us tonight. Yeah. We love having you on. Big thank and you. I love being here. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> it's Johnny Stitches Run! <laughs> <laughs> And a huge thank you to John Bailey, the epic voice guy from the Emmy-nominated Honest Trailers, for announcing our Bears. show. Bears. Bears. <laughs> if you'd like to donate or subscribe to support us, you can go to paypal.me slash gompodcast or patreon.com slash gompodcast to donate an amount of your choosing. There are links to both at gameofmicrophones.com. Doing some online shopping? Go to GameOfMicrophones.com and click our link to Amazon. As an Amazon associate, we earn from qualifying purchases. Any contribution you make helps secure the continued existence of Game of Microphones. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> We'd like to thank our patrons, Sir Matthew of House Rep, Lady Lucy of House Roberts, Lady Candace of House Twos, Lady Terry of House Theodore, Lord Jeff of House Allen, Lord John of House Grills, Sirenicide, <gasps> yeah, oh and Luke the Low Duke. We love you guys. Thank you so much for your continued yes. patronage. 
thank you guys we love you and make sure to check out Sirenicide the serialized yeah. horror drama podcast featuring me and Archmaster Stitches yes just go to sirenicide.com and download it wherever you get your podcasts speaking of Sirenicide this song is Solace Moon by Sirenicide why don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on with Sirenicide right now Johnny all right, so uh, the cool thing about being a big Game of Thrones fan, uh, I actually, and this is breaking news on, on the Game of Microphones pop- podcast about Sirenicide, we were originally going to launch our fourth season a little bit earlier, like in the midsummer, but we've pushed it back to the fall. One of the main reasons is because I would have to write, almost all the writing of my scripts would be finished before Game of Thrones airs. And I actually want to see how they wrap up all these characters because there's a lot of characters wrapped up in my fourth season of this show. Ooh, and I'm just kind of curious to like, I mean, like we were asking earlier, like where's Sansa going to be at the end of all this? So I sit there Looking and I ask interesting myself. interesting inspirations? Exactly. Because there's not a whole lot of shows that have this many characters with so many different things going on and you get to see how they end. That's I mean, like, really if, interesting. you know, if The Walking Dead would have ended like four years ago when it should have then we'd be able to see that you know but this this show has just done such a great job of building up all these characters and i just want to see how they all kind of go out yeah to pull you know just inspiration from i mean we got most of it outlined so i got a pretty good idea how it's all going to go but it's going to be nice to be like immersed in these scripts and writing them as this stuff's on tv like oh wow I didn't yeah. even think about doing something like that. That's really cool. That's a I cool could, idea. You know, man. try something like that only this way, because um, I mean they're two totally different worlds. But yeah, totally. If you different. haven't checked out our show, it's 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 completely uh, listener funded. It is a uh, heck of an undertaking by six individuals that work their asses off, including me, my wife, uh, my best friend from childhood, his wife, and two of my ex bandmates, and, and a lot uh, of volunteers too. And a ton wow. of volunteers like uh, Sir Duncan. He uh, he's uh, done an amazing job as Malik, our mayor of Morrison. And he's got <laughs> he doesn't even know yet, but he's got a hell of a fourth season in store for him. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> he's got some major major roles coming up. Shit! Um, but we're really excited. Uh, it's going to be our first time ever doing week to week. We've always been a bi-weekly podcast. Oh. But but the final season will be 16 straight weeks. Oh, it's going to so be a final wow. season? Yeah, it is going to be the final season. Oh, man, of I didn't know that. so, That's crazy. Yeah, so wow. again, that's why I'm studying. I want to study Game of Thrones a little bit. It's a good time that if, uh, if you haven't checked the show out yet to get on there. Uh, season three uh, just wrapped up. And we're in the middle of the uh, the off season, so we got some mini episodes, behind the scenes episodes out there. So it's a good time to be able to go back and start at season one, episode one, and work your way all the way up through. It is a serialized show, so um, the serialized content will end on episode four sixteen. Damn! Wow! It's a wild ride. I highly recommend it. It's not a bad goodbye though. I just want somebody like, oh, I don't want to check it out if it's going to be right over. It's we're we're doing our damnedest to pull a. A Breaking Bad, that's been our main influence for it to make sure that it ends and it feels like, oh, wow. Damn. Not like, oh, man, they left it like Deadwood or something where you leave them hanging. <laughs> and uh, it's it's perfect because the final episode is going to air on a, a 12-31-19, so New Year's uh, Eve of Perfect Vision of 2020. Because oh, my for those who don't know, we actually run a fictional congruent storyline like 
if it's September of 2018 and the Cyrenocide universe, it parallels current events and things like that of what's going on. It's all altered history and things like that. Right. Morston instead of Houston, for instance. Correct. Exactly. So when you press play on December 31st on that episode, it'll be December 31st. Oh, like that's in so real cool. life. Yeah. Just like we wow. had election day this past right. year on election day. Yeah, where, yeah. where I got so, elected. <laughs> exactly. That's crazy. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, so I love a, that. That's where like the pincer move and things like that that I brought because I do a lot of like study of right, you know for history the and battles and characters and things like that. But it's a really in-depth, immersive show. If you're a big fan of Game of Thrones, I think you'll love it because there's a ton of factions and backstories behind each of those factions, backstories behind different characters. And Man. it's not the end of the show. We're going to go to a, uh, a more uh, anthology-styled release content for uh, probably 2020 moving forward. So there is still plans to continue the show, oh, yeah. at least. To continue okay, because I was going to say, like, I know you, I know you, like, when we talked before, and I'm not going to include, like, you know, some of this oh, stuff yeah, in the podcast, like, but, uh, like, um, I know you've been planning on working on it, like, you know, continually. Yeah. So I was well, like, oh, a, last season? There's, like, a, there's a book series that I'm, I've been working on in my spare time, which, again, doing all the production really limits that. It's a, it's a lot of work. It's a, it's a big endeavor, but uh, it's definitely been worth it. And uh, if you go to our Patreon, uh, there are different levels. And if we hit uh, 447 <clears throat> Patreons, which that's a big number in our show, 447, <laughs> is a big acolyte. But, uh, if we have 447 Patreons, there's a there's a, a massively badass future in store for this show. Oh, man. So, it's a big goal, but we're, we're doing our best to, to get towards it. Right now, if we get to 96 Patreons, and there's an Acolyte 96, every, every, uh, and every one of our Patreon goals has something tied to the show. Um, that's actually cool. going to make sure that we still do bi-weekly content. Not serialized, but bi-weekly content from basically from here on out because that pays for the server it pays for the website pays for all the little things they you know they add up and pays for some decent voice actors that amount um and uh that's the goal we're at i think a little over 30 right now so about 60 away from the 96 mark but we're pretty sure we're gonna hit that this year that's our goal anyway there's an ice episode coming out on the sirenicide feed probably in about two weeks that's gonna go over the future of the show in immense detail awesome Stay tuned for that, guys. We also want to give a huge thanks to Lady Lisa of House Sky Pie Romancer. She has been crucial behind the scenes to get our website, gameofmicrophones.com, up and running. She is also such a gifted artist. Oh, my God. You guys have to check her her amazingly illustrated children's book, The People You May See, available now on amazon.com. And I actually just got my copy. I'm so excited. My son loves it. I love the illustrations. I love the explanations. It's such an easy way to teach your children how to be tolerant and accepting of people that may not look exactly like you. And I love that concept, especially with a little one running around. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I actually purchased the book from her last month and it came in. The same thing. I sat down and uh, read it with my daughter. I mean, my son's, he's a lot older now, so, you know, he's 11, 12, he's a cool kid on the verge <laughs> of puberty, but my daughter, she's just six, and she, we, we went through it, and it's really cool, because she's, you know, seeing a bunch of my 
metal friends come by and do voices and stuff for our podcast, you know, they'll have like multicolored beards or piercings. So piercings. I was so, yeah. Yeah. I love that page where she's got all that going oh, on. Oh, the, the guy with like the candy yeah, cane beard. The candy, yes. Like cotton candy beard is what my daughter said. Or cotton so. candy. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Um, but, and she Sick. also, uh, I talk about two people being brought together by something. I started talking to her online after, you know, us both being on the show and she went into the Sirenicide uh, uh, Facebook group, the public one, mm-hmm. and she did a uh, she did a fan art drawing of the creature from Scaries on the Wall from yeah, our show. Yeah, that was so cool. And it was badass, man. That's she so was awesome. so talented. It's she so is awesome. an amazing soul too. Just yeah. her her vibrancy and her life. It's very infectious. Yeah. Good new friend. Thank you. Absolutely. We love you, Lady Lisa. Mm -hmm. You can check out all of her work at fineartsbylisa.com or on Instagram and Facebook.com slash fineartsbylisa. Next episode, we'll be covering the Game of Thrones Season 6 finale, Episode 10, The Winds of Winter. (laughs) Give it a watch and send us your thoughts. We'd love to read them on the air. If you'd like to call us, you can reach us at 813-JOFFREY. That's 813-563-3739. If you would like to write in, you can email us at ravens at gameofmicrophones.com. Check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Podcast. Imp slap. Oh. <laughs> you can also listen to Game of Microphones on YouTube. Bit shoot. Damn it. Yeah. Just search for Game of Microphones. Find our channel. Likes, comments, and shares are always appreciated. A Lannister always subscribes. Yeah. Oh, damn. Nice one. <laughs> it's honest trailers. I can't take credit for that. <laughs> Subscribing <laughs> is coming. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yes. We're also on Twitter. Instagram, Gab, and Minds at GOM Podcast. And we're on Tumblr too at Game of Microphones. All right, that's our show. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. don't have to be here. Yes, I do. My beloved wife, I've missed you terribly.
that's not like going to bring up a bunch of questions I don't want to talk about right now. Like, right, right. You know, Sex scenes. Old lady taking her necklace off and hanging her old boobs out or something crazy. Or like incest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I will crucify the masters. I will set their fleets afire, kill every last one of their soldiers, and return their cities to the dirt. Ugh. That is my plan. The Targaryens are extreme by nature, but she's not insane. Right. So she she can reel it in. And this is why Tyrion is so good for her. Yeah, she can be tempered by reason. It's so exciting. We're here to discuss terms of surrender. <laughs> Not trade insults. She's so gangster and her eyes are like kind of squinting and she looks like super serious and badass. She looks all badass. Yeah, wicked badass. Bowling with Drogon. Yeah. Yeah. Her dragons are just fucking shit up and it was amazing. It's like, what? How do you know he didn't feed his dog? She rode off after your, you know, your witty comment. <laughs> oh, that's, it's interesting how Ramsey is like so confident that they're not going to eat him at first too. Yeah. I mean, he's had the shit knocked out of him. He's probably got like eight or nine different concussions going on at once. So, all right, well, let's let's talk about one of the elephants in the room I got with this situation. I'm not saying that, obviously, Sansa's Hitler, because that's way really extreme, but <laughs> it's Westeros. I mean, you never know, like, in, on a dime, how it could turn. It's all I ever wanted since I was a stupid girl. Yeah, it's all I've ever <sighs> wanted. She's like, oh, you... Ugh, really... What do you think I've been doing all my life? Playing with broomsticks? Like... <laughs> he knows nothing. It wasn't the Boltons that defeated Stannis. It was Stannis himself. I love the man. He lifted me up and made me something. But he had demons in his skull whispering foul things. <laughs> and Tormund is like, You saw these demons? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I expected Tormund to be like, Oh, I've... I've seen a bunch of demons. There was this one time, like, he started busting out, like... <laughs> With his stories, like how he fucked a bear and shit. A demon bear that he yeah. fucked. <laughs> yeah, 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 there you go. King in the north. King in the north. King in the north. Yeah, there's, so there's red behind him. It's a red sky. Red and yellow. Which is, you know, very... Red sky in the morning, sailors take warning. Yes, right. thank you. Red sky at night, sailors delight. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike the Danny... The Danny thing, which I, I still can't ever get over her finding that ring in the grass. I, I know, almost right. like like Duncan was saying something's pulling her to it. It's like if you could just look through like the ether, I feel like you'd see like the ghost of Shireen like leading him there. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. I have a love hate relationship with the character of Malisandra. <laughs> sure. She's yeah. a fake fake redhead, torture. We got, <laughs> oh. we got a grit. Or we had a grit. Mm, what a moment yeah crazy really <laughs> epic moment after winterfell has been lost for so long having those stark banners unfold oh man yeah oh, huge moment goosebumps everybody likes to make the dwarf jokes yep it's always the six <laughs> you know same six jokes really <sighs> it was a long time ago and i've changed a lot like i've lost my cock and been tortured <laughs> for like six months yeah That'll that'll change your perspective on life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, big time. Well, he gets to, he gets to, he gets to be Reek again for a few moments next season. Does he? <laughs> 
when he jumps off when the boat. When he jumps oh, in the water. Right, right, right. <laughs> like Jack Sparrow. It's just a little hiccup. It's just a little hiccup, Johnny. Sometimes, you know, that PTSD, it'll yeah. get you. <laughs> what does he say? This is the day you'll remember as the day that Jack Sparrow escaped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Theon Greyjoy. Yeah, exactly. Classic. Yep. The Iron Islands are to the west of the Neck in Westeros. So they okay. are like mid, mid-level Westeros on the west. So they would have had to go all the way south beneath Dorne, around the Horn of Dorne. Oh, wow. Marina is like southeast um, Essos. So they would have passed Dorne and then passed Valyria and followed the southern coast of Essos down to Marine. It's a good thing oh we just God. left a few episodes ago. <laughs> I know, it's such a long trip. <laughs> That's wild. So enough time has gone by. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? They must have had some of those jet propulsion ravens on yeah. their boats. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so we get the epic arm grab. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, crazy arm grab. We see that. Who else does that? Oh, a John. That's Predator. No, John and the wildling. What was Dim? Um, Dim Dalba. Dim Dalba. Yeah. Good point. And I like the way Danny really says good it. Point. No more reaving, roving, raiding, or raping. And I was like, nice alliteration. Alliteration. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really good. John is riding to the front of the army. Talk and, about some grizzled melons. Yeah, so many grizzled melons, and uh, and. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, poor one one. He's gonna die. Yeah. Me too. I had that same thought. I was like, oh. That's all I could think of too. He, he unsheaths a dagger and lifts it up into the sky, and I'm like, I have my hand up in the sky, like I just totally did that motion. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> zigzag, zigzag. Yeah, I know, it's, I'm just screaming uh. at the TV every time. It wouldn't have mattered, man. That guy is a <laughs> hell of an archer. He is yeah. really good. Uh. Oh, it's oh, that's so brutal. Fucker. Yeah. Every other shot he took at Rickon, we saw him load and fire the arrow. But this one, they just surprised us with the arrow coming right through him. And I was like, fuck you, you bastards. Every square foot, there's an arrow, basically. And John survives them. Yeah, exactly. Twice. <laughs> Three times. <laughs> exactly. It wouldn't have flown him seven yeah, feet backwards. Backwards, yeah. <laughs> That's going 25 miles right, right, yeah, forward, yeah. an hour forward. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's kind of funny, but it, you know, it's really cool looking. So I'll, I'll, it you was. know, I'll let it slide. You'll, you'll let it slide. Yeah, yeah. People start looking to see what's going on, and the small John stops headbutting Tormund for a second and turns to look, and it's Tormund's moment. He, he, Rick Grimes is him. Yeah. He freaking <laughs> just. Takes his jugular out. Yeah, he yep, bites his yep. throat out and just rips it, and he just blood is just squirting everywhere. Oh. Claimed. He gets all cocky. Yeah, he's like, their army's gone, and <laughs> and somebody's like, our uh, army's our gone, army's dude. Gone. <laughs> and just getting shot with even more arrows. Yeah, and they're just unloading on him, and oh, like just more and more pincushioned Porcupine City, and he just goes. Ugh! <laughs> like, oh lets out a big God. like scream you know <laughs> so epic yeah. so he's like oh look at this connection moment they're happening right now I can ruin I'm this I'm gonna ruin it yeah. 
And it's sort of like, you know, like big game hunters, people like who, you know, like scumbags who like hunt or poachers who like, yeah, like who hunt endangered animals and shit like that. He killed the last giant. It's like, you're just, you're a scumbag basically. Yeah. And I killed a giant. You're that guy. Yeah. You're that guy. Happy moments as we're seeing the Bolton banners falling as being dropped from around the walls of Winterfell. He's like, our time together is about to come to an end, Clarice. I mean, Sansa. Yeah, he deserves Highgarden. Yeah, so I say Bronn for Highgarden, Tormund for um, the Dread Fort. <laughs> Fuck yeah. My beloved wife! I missed, I missed you, you terribly. terribly. <laughs> yeah, so fucked up. Oh, he's a fucker. He's the one who lays traps. And I just thought that was so creepy. Yeah. And true, like... Fuckery. Fuckery. Fuck all the fuckery. Ugh. Was Lady Mormont with the crew? Was she? I think she was, I, yeah. She's off to the side that back stare, there. She that, is? Okay. That stare-off where Lady Mormont looks at Ramsey was this episode? was I missed that. Fuck me, yeah. dude. No, yeah, it is. Yep, there she is. She's on a white horse. Fuck, how did we miss that? How did we miss that, Duncan? Oh, my God. <laughs> I feel so stupid because I've seen it like a hundred times. <laughs> All right, well, let's... Let's talk about one of the elephants in the room I got with this situation. I'm not saying that, obviously, Sansa's Hitler, because that's way really extreme, but <laughs> it's Westeros. I mean, you never know, like, in, on a dime, how it could turn. She's a fake fake redhead. Torture. We got, <laughs> we got a Gret. Or we had a Gret. <laughs> Creeper status. Awesome. <laughs> All nice, right, guys. you guys. <laughs> 